Stay Ready is the mentality birthed through the trials and triumphs in life as an NFL long snapper. Join me in conversations with teammates, mentors, friends, and family who help me realize Stay Ready is so much more. A deeply rooted principle of life in all things faith, family, and football. From Music Row in Nashville, welcome to Stay Ready, the podcast. All right, brother. What's up, man? How what's you up, doing? my brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me. It's right hey, down the street from where I live. So I know, I know. So uh, we got Jacob Hollister on today. So last season we had your brother Cody on. Yes, sir. We've got uh, twin brothers. Um, really, I met Cody first because I played for the Titans and we were on the same team. And then shortly after I met you because, lo and behold, became one of my neighbors in town. Yeah, yeah. So Jacob lives right down the street. And, um, man, it's really been good to just recently reconnect with him and obviously with football um you guys travel quite a bit go back home to bend oregon um and just you guys really enjoy the off season oh yeah we definitely we definitely maximize and i feel like we realized that last year yeah. when we uh we took a three-week trip to to costa rica and we uh drove around the whole country and we were like all right that's kind of our mark where it's like we fully maximize our yeah. time um and so we we love it man it's it's such a blessing to be able to take that time and travel wherever you want to for sure but you you and cody are like the definition of best friends oh yeah like you guys sure. do everything together right everything yeah. yeah i mean and when we're not together um you know even this last weekend he went off to a trip to to speak to these kids um and it's you know we're on the phone the second that one of us leaves and yeah we're man we're i think we're as close as people could possibly get yeah that's for sure no it's incredible man it seems like yeah. your bond is like unbreakable unshakable and like you know cody on the uh first time we sat down uh, on the podcast, sharing your guys' story on kind of your upbringing and the football background and the draft yeah. stories that you guys had going to JUCO out of high school and kind of like figuring out, man, like where we're we gonna go, no offers yeah. with the scholarship and all that kind of stuff. And um, one thing for certain is like the faith that you guys have, the brotherhood that you guys. I mean, you guys are you guys are twins, mm -hmm. but yet just the bond that you guys is like unshakable, unbreakable. And when you guys split. You went to Wyoming. He went to Arkansas. That was like the yeah. first time you guys were like separated, like long distance wise. It was, and it was very difficult for you guys. You oh know? man, it was tough. And he, <laughs> I don't know if he told you this or not, but he actually made me a a CD. Okay. Um, for my car, which only played CDs at the time. For yeah. when I left Shout to Wyoming. Out CDs, compact Shout out discs, CDs, yeah. baby. Um, so I'm driving to Wyoming, and I put this CD on, and it's just like the most brotherly, like sad songs you could ever really? think of. So I'm listening to this. CD and I'm just like you bastard. <laughs> I'm just bawling my eyes oh, out. It's like, like Matchbox Twenty and it like was, those man. like sentimental songs. That like Hey Brother song. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, man. I, I would have to say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe Cody is a little more of the emotional one. Um, he's, or, or it he's, depends. It depends. I mean, he's definitely um, he's more sentimental. Yes, for sure. And uh, he definitely is willing to show his emotions more, yeah. which I think is such a such a gift. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it just depends on the situation, but he's definitely, thankfully, really emotional and willing to willing yeah. to show it. And I love that about him because oh, me he's, too. you know, whether you know, uh, we were like locker mates, so we played during COVID, so yeah, we were out in the bubble together. Yeah, the oh yeah, yeah. And he was like three lockers down, <laughs> and what attracted me to Cody was every morning, like, dude, who's this young long-haired stallion coming in yeah, here yeah. with his Bible and his guitar, and yeah. like, I'm like, dude, who is this dude? But he was always in his Bible every morning. Yeah. And we had so much like downtime in the bubble during COVID. And you remember COVID? Like oh, yeah. it was just a weird was time weird. to be playing sports. For like sure. the the world was upside down, but playing sports like 
you really kind of spent no time together, mm-hmm. like intimately with, oh, yeah. with the team, like typically we would in a locker room. For sure. And so I just noticed him and then our first away trip and he and I were both on the P squad. Um, he brought the guitar on the plane. I'm like, this yeah. dude's cool, man. And so sure. we kind of like when we're sitting in the, uh, in the in the box suite um, at the Cincinnati game and we just kind of like chit chatting a little bit. He's on his computer looking at real estate. I'm like, what are you looking at? I'm yeah. currently... Uh, you know, getting licensed in Tennessee, and he's he's I'm looking for a house, and mm-hmm. um, and I think shortly after that, um, after the season, met you, and you were looking for a house, and uh, you know you found a place right here in the yeah, same yeah. neighborhood, um, but like that was kind of like my first interaction with Cody, um, and then we started like doing Bible studies and all mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It was great, like um, he really helped me grow in my faith during that time, and, and just the time that we had one on one, sharing the word, getting into it was was been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and him are no strangers to like really standing bold in faith and sharing mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's one thing that I've really, um, just admired, uh, about you both is the fact that you are just unashamed mm-hmm. to be outspoken and stand firm and bold in your faith and doing that on a professional, uh, stage. Yeah. And, you know, I feel some like sometimes early on in your walk. Um, it's hard to be open and vulnerable and mm. bold in that walk um, around your peers. It is. You man. know, especially with the yeah. platform that we, we've been blessed with. So, um, yeah, my, I just it's just really cool to kind of get to know both of you guys better and, mm. and watch your guys' career kind of unfold as it goes. And and uh, your guys' mantra is like, no quit, right? Oh, yeah, no That's, quit, baby. That's it, why I love yours, too. It's, yeah, it's it kind of just goes you know? uh, alongside each other. And, yeah. Um, Talk about a little bit. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about. Let's let's touch back on kind of your upbringing. Yeah. And I know Cody re- really went into um, a lot of great detail with you know just how you guys were raised and the impact your dad had on mm-hmm. you guys, and then just the dynamic you guys had on the field together in high school, and then kind of led to disappointment having no scholarship yeah. offers um, coming out of small little Bend, Oregon. Right. That's right, man. Um, so yeah. let's fast forward. You get to Wyoming. He's mm-hmm. now in Arkansas. Um, and uh how did you guys maintain um that that really tight bond during that time mm. when you guys were separated well i think uh thankful for facetime yeah and uh and definitely just being able to get on the phone every day but that was the thing man we were i mean we talk every single day on the phone yeah. um and for us it was never a question whether we would stay close it was just you know that was automatically what was going to happen and and that goes for all my siblings where i have three sisters too and uh you know, through all the things that we've been through in life, you know, we've had, we've been very blessed in our lives, but you know, everybody has their stuff and everything that's gone on around us, you know, us five have, have stayed really close, thankfully. And so that was never a question for us. Um, but it's like he was talking about, you know, that first split apart was definitely one of the most challenging parts of our whole entire life. And there's definitely things that the world would see as, as a lot harder than that. But for us being so close and loving each other so much and, and really just knowing each other's minds as well as we do, um, you know, before that we hadn't spent more than 48 hours apart, something wow. like that. So it really felt felt like you were splitting one person apart. Yeah. And then we had to go grow on our own. And so I thought it was, you know, it was great. Um, and like you were talking about, you know, Cody was always such a such a stronghold in my in my faith when it comes to encouragement and and checking me at the right times. Mm-hmm. And so it was so cool being at Wyoming because I no longer had that in person. Yeah. Um, so I I got to go through some things on my own 
and realizing like, oh, I really, I thought I wanted those things and yeah. I really don't. Yeah. And so I, th I think that I needed to experience that in order to, to kind of get past that, past sure. that mountain. So, so did you spent full, uh, two full years at Wyoming? Cause you guys both transferred from Juco, right? Right. So well, we started at uh, Nevada, Reno. Oh, that's right. Redshirted, went to Juco for yeah. a year. So I actually spent three years at, at Wyoming. Okay. And the, in the whole, uh, Nevada Reno story is pretty wild, right? Literally got mm -hmm. dropped off. Did your your dad oh, drop yeah. you there? Yeah, our stepdad, stepdad dropped us dropped, off. Yeah. Uh yeah, just with our stuff. We literally got dropped off within a day. No visit or anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, as preferred walk-ons. Don't let them trick you guys. It's just a walk-on. <laughs> and uh preferred is just a sexy name. <clears> it like, is, yeah, yeah. You, huh? For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just got dropped off, literally huddled up with the family, said a prayer, and then we were just off. And um, even that first night, I remember, you know, we we had no idea what was going on. Me and Cody had, well, Cody had a little bit of money saved up because uh, I remember that first night we uh, we couldn't, we didn't know if we could, like, go to the cafeteria or what. We didn't have that set up. Okay. And so we're sitting there, and I'm like, I can't order this food. I don't have any money. And then, so Cody ordered us some Domino's, and I remember we ate that for a couple of days, and then we got it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. But it, he, he mentioned something really, really cool. It was just, like, it was, in the moment, kind of fell into, like, debt, right? Yeah with schooling and fast forward to the draft wasn't the mm. signing bonus yeah yeah didn't that make up for uh the the debt that it yeah. was incurred through college like almost the, the exact amount it was literally like the exact amount it's yeah. crazy man like i mean that's nothing but god in that it moment, is right? man yeah. it's 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 all god because here we are stressing about something that happened a few years earlier yeah and it's just sitting there and and whatever um, and we're just not really thinking about it because we had, a, you know, our goals set in, in our sights. But and then we, uh, you know, we both signed that day and we get the same signing bonus, of course. <laughs> and and it, we just paid off our debt right away with that exact amount. Yeah, like it, was, it was wild, man. Before getting too far ahead, I want to go back just a little bit. So in high school, you were the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Okay. QB. Okay. Because so, you're the best athlete. That's right. Family. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. And uh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well don't fool yourself man I mean, smartest man smartest most athletic i mean i guess kind of your quarterback right but yeah. now it's funny because cody is like insanely athletic he is you know what i'm saying and yeah. like it's pretty funny because he's a little um you know i think like first impression you you see cody i think this goes for like just the token white guy that walks in the locker yeah. room like oh this guy ain't nothing <laughs> yeah. and he'll go plays a 4-4 four -four, oh, like for sure. and shake it like and just for sure it's just it's incredible how yeah. freakishly, uh, freakishly yeah. uh, athletic the both of you guys are. I mean, yeah. your, your kind of style plays a little different. He's, he's receiver. You're now yeah, yeah. like the now traditional tight end, but yeah. it hasn't always been that way, right? So oh, no. in high school, uh, like I said, you went to quarterback. When you guys were going into the college transition, were you like focused on quarterback? Oh, yeah. I was all quarterback. I mean, I got my first first uh, Brett Favre jersey when I was like four years old for my dad. And from yeah. that moment on, it was like, I'm playing quarterback. Yeah. And so when I was in JUCO, my dad, um, so my, my coach there had actually said, he, he encouraged me, but he was really telling me like, you either switch to tight end or we got to take you off scholarship. Yeah. And so I was like, I called my dad up and I'm like, dad, what do you think? I was expecting him to get pissed. Like, yeah. there's no way that you're switching to tight end. You're a quarterback. Yeah. And, um, but the first thing you said was I always expected you to actually switch to tight end. Okay. So at that point I felt super solid about it. Yeah. And, um, and I just, I just never looked back. It was yeah. like from that moment on, I went and played tight end and, and felt good about it. Yeah. So would you say you're, you're a bit undersized at tight end? I'm definitely undersized, uh, on paper. Yeah. Um, but I, I like to, I, I take pride in being, you know, undersized. Uh, I mean, not from a height standpoint, but from a, 
from a weight standpoint, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm usually play around, around 240 or so. Yeah. Most tight ends are pushing 250. Yeah. Um, but I like to at least try to be stronger than those guys, even yeah. at the weight that I'm at, yeah. and be quicker and faster. And so yeah. that's kind of my game. Now, I mean, for those that are listening, like, by no means is Jacob small no, by yeah. any means. But, Football terms. you know, when you think of, like, Gronkowski and oh, Travis yeah. Kelsey and these guys who are just, like, you know, 6'6 six, six yeah. and 260 and, you know, they're running – four or five and all that kind of stuff and yeah. you know it's you know jacob Moore looks like a linebacker yeah you know you got that sure. linebacker build but you know as you've uh you kind of bought in it was a juco right you bought into transitioning to tight end yeah and you kind of knew that was like all right if i want to get on the field playing time mm -hmm. i also want to get some looks like this is the route i got to go exactly i knew at that point moving forward it was like i knew that switching to tight end gave me the best possibility to get recruited. Yeah. And, and, you know, the end goal was always the NFL. So yeah. it was like, what's going to be the path to get there? Yeah. And so when we, you know, when I made the switch to tight end, first thing, me and Cody go out and I'm like, all right, show me how to get into the stance, into yeah. the receiver stance. Yeah. And at first I'm like wobbling, like can't even get into a receiver stance. It was yeah. just, it's crazy to think about. But, um, but yeah, just never looked back from there and, and definitely took pride in the position, put on 20 pounds, I wow. think, yeah. that following summer. Yeah. So, from there just been trying to keep that weight on yeah so looking back on juco because i'm a juco player myself like yeah. are in the moment it was it's like the dog days of like football like oh, when yeah. you think of like i mean riding the yellow school bus to games yeah. like grungy locker rooms yeah. i mean you're like in the parking lot getting your jersey like yeah, i mean yeah. that's honestly how yeah. my experience at junior college was and i look back and it was like in the moment i didn't know any better i mean no. I, I never went to a d1 then came back to juco mm -hmm. like a lot of guys uh happened to do um i didn't know any better i thought it was cool and it was an opportunity but looking back i'm like dude like those days are you know you watch the La last chance you you know a documentary yeah, yeah. on uh, netflix and it brought me back to those moments where like it was just like everyone was there just to get out for sure yeah at least most of the guys yeah you know? yeah and, you know, not everyone had the scholarship coming out of high school. It was always a chip on the shoulder on everybody, even coaches, uh -huh. you know. But it was also just like, it was just grimy, like, raw, let's just play football. I 100%. mean, was that your experience? You went to oh, Arizona, yeah. right? Arizona Western, yeah. Okay. So we were there together. That's, yeah. I mean, you described it perfectly. Yeah. And that's, and, and I miss that at times, yeah. you know. Like, that's, yeah. uh, I mean, me and Cody walk into the gym that they had. I pre I'm pretty sure they had it open, like, 24-7. Yeah. Um, because a lot of guys would work out late at night because it got so hot there. And so they'd keep the lights on. We'd go, you know, run routes. Um, and we'd go work out at the gym, you know, listening to Stevie Stone, my remedy. Yeah. Shout out Stevie Stone. Um, walking to the gym together. And, and those were the days, you know, it's like that That was like going back to high school, like the purest form of football yes. when you're there's no money. There's no any of that stuff. Like you're you're just playing ball. Yeah. And and like you said, everybody's trying to get out. So everybody's scrapping. Yeah. Which I also love. It's like those yeah. guys are. It's either you don't quit or, or you're done. Yeah. You know? And I I mean I'll even go. I'll even peel back another layer. I I remember we were playing Fresno City, and Fresno City was predominantly like all Samoan and Tongan players. And at the time, Fresno City was one of the most dominant JUCOs, like in NorCal. Mm -hmm. It was them in San Francisco City and Reedley and and just all these teams that were just producing. I mean, they probably had 15 D1, yeah. like, verbal commits already on each squad. Um, and they come out, and they're they're talking smack off the bus, like, literally off of a yellow bus, yeah. you know? Yeah. Talking smack. After the game, we get stomped. But, like, there proceeds to be 
like a fist fight that starts at the field. Classic. Goes into our locker room. Yeah. And there was 30 people brawling in our locker room after a game. <laughs> Guns were pulled out of, you know, guy, I mean, yeah. there was guys like packing at school, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I mean, it was like you said, when you talk about, and this didn't happen in high school by any means, but yeah. the most purest form of football, you have guys from all over the country, all walks of life, literally sure. that come from nothing yeah. to play here at JUCO. And I mean, there's guys like dealing drugs in the locker, mm-hmm. doing steroids in the in the bathroom stalls, packing, you know, heat in their locker. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just like the most wildest, surreal environment to be in. Yeah. Um, and I also understand why, like, some of these coaches coach so hard because yeah. they want nothing more for these boys to get out. Yeah. And go make something of themselves mm-hmm. rather than go back to what they came from. Definitely. And so, I mean, unfortunately, there was guys that, you know, were arrested while I played there, mm-hmm. you know, went back to prison, uh, got shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, just awful things that happened. Yeah. Best friends being killed by gang violence. I mean, it was just like just a wild experience. But I look back and I'm like, those are some of the greatest times I've ever had. And, um, for you to experience that, it's kind of cool because I think when people watch that documentary series, either they think the coaches are too hard on the players or it, it's not, I don't know, it's just, it's, it, it really is a way for guys to come back and redeem themselves, whether they yeah. you know, fell out of school or just didn't have the grades to go D1 um, or do a four-year school at, uh, anywhere. Mm. It was just that last opportunity for them just to get looks, yeah. you know, and it, it, it saved people's lives. Mm-hmm. It really, it really did. Um, so yeah, that JUCO memory that I have just—it's very fond, even though it's been, you know, about 15 years now. Yeah. And uh, it was, like, like you said, everyone's there to oh, yeah. like to get out. For you sure. Know, there's no money. There's no NIL deals. No, no. The coaches no. are making ten thousand dollars a season. Oh yeah. To coach and to teach, you For know. Sure, man. And um, yeah, it's just it, it was wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what I loved about Coach Minnick over at Arizona Western, too. Yeah. Was, uh, he's not there anymore. Arizona Western shut down their football, I'm pretty sure, unfortunately. But, yeah. um, but man, he you could tell that he really had that love for the players in the way that he was definitely tough on them at times. Yeah. Um, but he saw, you know, a new crop of guys come in every single, every single year. Yeah. There were guys coming from, like you said, different walks of life who came from a really tough spot. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden you're, you're trying to motivate him to, to get your grades up and, and yeah. to go, you know, while you're doing that, perform on the field and study the playbook and, and yeah. do well in that aspect so that you can get out of here. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm thankful for the way that he approached that too, because, you know, that also elevated the way that me and Cody approached everything. And I think that we were actually, um, the only two my year to go, to get out and really? sign somewhere. Yeah. Uh, which is a huge blessing, but you know, a, a big part of that is the grades too. Yeah, for sure. So you go well, now. We'll fast forward a little bit to uh, the coolest part of your guys's story together uh, relating to football. Um, you guys have your your careers are done now at Wyoming, and he's at Arkansas. Um, Cody's at the time is injured, right? Going through the draft process. Yeah, he was injured. Uh, it was his. Uh, Fifth Mart metatarsal. Okay. I think that he had So he, broke. he missed some playing time. Oh yeah, he missed at least I think six, seven weeks at the end yeah. of the season. But going into the draft, like he didn't do no pro day. All he did was no. bench, right? He did bench, bench pro 29 day. Times. Twenty nine times. Guys, Cody <laughs> yeah. the Hollister brothers are are not no nothing to scoff at because these boys are are strong and they're fast. And like I say, yeah. Cody's a receiver 
and he did 29 reps on 225 at his yeah. pro day because that's the only thing he could do. Yeah, his chest was like broken for <laughs> for like 20 weeks because he yeah. was. I mean, he was. I'm so proud of him for that because my dad actually told us always, and even going into pro day, but he said it in general from when we were little kids. Yeah, is like stand out at something. Like yeah. Whether that's being really fast, really strong, whatever yeah. it is. Like yeah. if you're average at everything, nobody's gonna really care. Sure. But if you really stand out at something, yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, that that made it and that made teams realize, at least the teams that really dug into it, that when they look into his story that he he couldn't do pro day, he couldn't do the rest of the events, but he had one opportunity to to show that he was working at something and he completely maximized that. Yeah, and I think that's just uh I mean, a testament to his character and just yeah. the, the man that he is because, like, most guys would just be like, yeah, hey, that's not, there's nothing that I can do. Exactly. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, or they would just give up on the dream. Exactly, right? man. Yeah. You know? You're just thinking it's done, the timing was bad, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And that was, the odds were stacked against Cody in that situation. Yeah. You know, to even get in, it just shows, man, like, you show faithfulness, like, God's going to bless it. Absolutely. And, and he, he always does. Yeah. So how was your uh, pre-draft process? I mean, was it... Was it looking pretty promising as far as like really getting some looks? Did you um, did you go to the combine? No, I didn't. Which I I was surprised at the time that I didn't go to the okay. combine. Um, so I was disappointed by that. Um, not now looking back at it, but at the time I was disappointed. Yeah. And because uh, I had a really good senior year, I had Josh Allen as my quarterback, and yeah. he, he was balling too. Um, and so yeah, I I didn't go to the combine. Had a really good pro day, yeah. great numbers. So I'm thinking, uh, and talking to my agent, we're thinking, you know he definitely gonna get drafted and probably five to seven and I had some teams saying that I was too and so I was kind of just waiting you know waiting to get my name called and that never happened so you know draft day was was one of those you know on eggshells just waiting to get your name called and all these numbers keep calling in yeah and then you know it's, it starts to flip to hey man we'd love to talk to you after the draft and you're like man what the heck yeah but um, I wouldn't change it for the world, man. It made yeah. Me... So so leading to draft day, you go down to Arkansas to be with Cody, right? Right. So you spend the the entire weekend together. Yeah, yeah. I spent. Um, so I spent. Uh, you're talking about draft draft weekend? weekend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was just me and him. Yeah. We were just out in Arkansas because we didn't want a big thing. Like we just wanted to yeah. be with each other and yeah. And, there was uh, no so there was great. no talk of going back to Bend, Oregon. No, man. I, I think. Uh, I think that having a bunch of people around us would have just made it, I don't know, if we knew we were getting, like, you know, drafted sure, high or whatever. of course, yeah. Um, but we just needed each other, like, those two that had been with each other the whole time and grinded out, yeah. you know, to go to the next step. And then we had my dad on the phone, you know, talking okay. to him. Yeah, so so if those who are listening <laughs> haven't heard uh, the story from Cody's perspective, so talk about the special moment, you know, at the end of the draft with yeah. with you and Cody now that you're like you went from Wyoming down to Arkansas to be with him to share in this moment obviously unsure of what was going to happen right whether you're going to get your name called to get drafted or you'd get that call after the draft as a undrafted free agent but uh so walk us through that man yeah so you know once <clears throat> once the draft ends for those of you that that don't know then there's a huge crew of undrafted guys and so a lot of the teams want to snatch these undrafted guys up, especially the ones that were kind of in between on not getting drafted. So Cody had signed with the Patriots already in like the sixth round because they um, he, he had a good idea wasn't going to get drafted because of his injury. Um, but the fact that they wanted him was was awesome. And so he signed. Um, and then the the draft ends. I'm getting calls from, you know, about six different teams and 
you know, that's the first time I've been through that process. So in my head, I'm thinking, this is a big decision. You know, this is where I'm living. This is what's the tight end situation. I didn't even know what to look at. So I'm just trusting my agent with this. Yeah. And then, uh, as we're deciding, you know, I'm sitting there and the Patriots weren't even in the conversation yet. And then, um, cause they had traded for a guy earlier in the draft. So I'm thinking they don't want to tie end anyways. But then we pray to God and we call my dad. I'm like, God, just please open a door right now. That's like, we can't not walk through it. Like we have to walk through it cause it's so obvious. And then the Patriots called like within a couple minutes and, and gave me the best offer by far, like a, a great offer for an undrafted guy. And at that point, it was just a no-brainer. Yeah. I, I had to take it. So it was it was one of those God moments. Like, he just made – he was showing off. That's what, that's yeah. what he was doing. So the Hollister brothers are going to uh, Foxborough. Yeah, right? man. We just – we hugged it out. We were so excited. I mean, that moment is just like a treasure, man. That was, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a movie. It is a movie. Yeah, man. it's it incredible. Because we had always said in college, too, we're like, all right, man. Because, I mean, we always thought we'd go pro, but, yeah, you know, other than that, we're like, okay, three years of college, man, then we can be back together. Yeah. We'd always say that, like we just gotta get through this three years. Spoke it into existence. Yeah, and then yeah, three years later, and we're we're together. That's wild, man. So you guys both go to the Patriots, both unsigned, unsigned at, at, or yeah. undrafted. Yeah. And uh, so that's, I mean, the fact that it it just happens that way. I mean, the odds of that are just the odds of two brothers, twin brothers, to you know make it to the NFL the same year. Um, out of Bend, Oregon, but yet go to the same team is like, yeah, it's incredible, man. I had no idea where New England was at the time, honestly. Right? I, I <clears throat> kind of still don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was it was awesome. Yeah. I loved it there. That's cool, man. So yeah. you go. I mean, now you know you both go to uh, New England. They're they're fresh off a of Super Bowl win too, right? Yeah, yeah. They just won. Who was it against Atlanta? I think uh, the ma- the massive comeback year. Oh yeah, so that that was the year. Yeah. Yeah, so we had just watched that game, yeah, and then it was you know a short time after that that we got the call. Yeah, so you go now you're you're going into uh, the same room as you know Rob Gronkowski and who were the other Titans at, at the time? So it was Rob, and they just signed uh, Dwayne Allen. Okay. Oh yeah. So we were together, and then James yeah. Devlin was in my room. Yeah. So James but Devlin was kind of like a fullback tight end. Yeah. Type, so he was guy. exactly yeah. So he worked in our room. Yeah. Um, and that's that's one of my guys. He's yeah. still. Somebody and D- Dwayne always... and I came into the league together in 2012 with the Colts. So okay, played yeah. with him for five years, and I then love he Dwayne. went. He went to New England. Yeah, Dwayne's yeah. a great buddy of mine to this day, and yeah, we have a lot of, a lot of good memories together. So yeah. I forgot that you guys were in that same that same room. Mm. Um, I mean, what was what was it like? I mean, not only going into the same room as Gronkowski. Yeah. Um, but dude, you got TB12 there. Yeah. I mean, what was that like? I was. You know what's crazy is I'm so thankful that I had Tom to start yeah. my career because beyond that it's like you're not you're not starstruck you're not anything like that um, with anybody that you meet you know even celebrities or, or anything like that it's yeah. just never phased me now because the first person I met within that world was was Tom and so you know first day as a rookie and he walks up and says like hey guys how's it going I'm Tom I'm like well yeah obviously I know you're Tom but yeah. but I'm Jacob nice yeah. to meet you and um, and so. You know, having him as a as a leader, I think is something that I'll always cherish. He, yeah. he he treated me and and my brother so well, and he, I felt like he wanted to earn my respect even as a rookie, undrafted rookie, mm-hmm. every day the same way that I was trying to earn everybody else's respect. Yeah, you know, I asked Cody. I said, man, like looking back on the the room that you were in at the time, it's like, yeah, you got Edelman, and uh, you have uh, Hogan. Hogan. You have Amendola. Yeah, yeah. You have who else Dola. was on? Who else? And then there well, was Matthew Slater, who's Matthew Slater, big special teamer, obviously. Yes. 
Um, I don't know other receivers. But I think my point was when I was asking him was like, Malcolm, you're, you're, you're in a you're in a, a receiver room where like literally every single one of these guys for the most part has come from the ground, oh, yeah. from from the mud all the way up. They've they've earned their stripes. Definitely, they weren't high draft picks. No, they're not signing the big massive contract deals. Mm. I mean, obviously they're just like just the you know the blue collar like workhorses mm-hmm. um but yet they're like one of the best at their craft in the game yeah. i mean edelman just came off of a super bowl mvp yeah yeah you know one of the most miraculous catches ever in a yeah. super bowl um and then you got amandola who's been a f- undrafted free agent bouncing around forever then finally just like catches on yeah you know later in his career hogan played lacrosse in college yeah you know so he's got an incredible story too but like to be in a room like that you know, for for Cody's perspective, it was like, man, what a what a great group of guys to learn from, like how to mm-hmm. do it the right way. Hundred percent. Yeah. Not the most talented guys in the world. Yeah. But exactly. They know how to get the job done and yeah. use their use their skills to their best advantage. And I mean, you could argue that you know Edelman and those guys were like some of the best route runners. Oh yeah. Like just because they knew how to scheme and for the sure. chemistry they had with Tom was 100%. off the charts. Yeah. Um, but just the respect they had for mm-hmm. like approaching the game. Yeah every single day whether it was in practice and i think yeah. at the time um we did was it your first year when jacksonville came to do a joint practice for training camp yeah yeah jacksonville came out to, to yeah new so i was on i was on that team that year yeah and my impression was like i mean i've played against new england a handful of times leading up to that point but to spend the week there and just to see how belichick and tom run like the practices and the yeah. pace and the the flow is just like whoa. There's no. There's a reason why this mm-hmm. franchise is successful. Definitely. Not to mention you got thirty thousand fans. Like all yeah. the kids skipping school just to be Isn't there that for a crazy like, atmosphere. It, all people up in the stadium oh, looking yeah. down and stuff. Um, it was wild. Yeah. You know, but the competition mm-hmm. and the expectation that Belichick and Brady had on that practice. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a training camp practice. Yeah. But no, you're like you. You're expected to know your the playbook mm-hmm. you know compete and do things the right way and <laughs> here comes a little you know bad news bears jacksonville jaguars <laughs> yeah. like guys this is what we do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. lo and behold that year we went to the afc championship so yeah. it's like it's pretty surreal to like even think it's ironic to think that like yeah. we were the worst team in the league the year before and here we are in training camp with the patriots and mm-hmm. you guys are just like showing us little boys how to play football <laughs> yeah. and then we meet in the afc championship it's yeah, just yeah. Like one of those crazy but like oh, like dude this is like how teams win championships yeah i mean did you like early on like it was like a note like you're you hear kind of like i wouldn't call them horror stories but you, you hear guys come out and say like <clears throat> oh playing in new england was the worst thing ever like uh-huh. we had no fun like you know the leash was short um but again it's like are you here to like make friends and being a fraternity or here to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, sure. what was your, you know, yeah. experience with that? Yeah, the thing is what I've learned is and that's in it's really in any climate situation that you're in and I feel like as long as you can adapt yeah. to your to your environment, especially in a work environment, right? Yeah. Like it's it's not like this is your home where like when you have issues at home, it needs to be addressed mm-hmm. and you need to make sure that those issues are taken care of because that's that's your home. And that's your household. Yeah. At work, there's going to be things that maybe your leader um, does or says that might not make you feel the best way. Yeah. But if he's proven to be successful in what he's been doing, like Belichick, for example, I don't think there's anything to complain about because if, if you win, if the team's winning, then everybody's winning from that. I mean, yeah. everybody signs better deals. Everybody does better 
But it's also um, fun though too. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's the thing. I I could never say that that going out and playing football for for a job wasn't fun. It's yeah. like it's I think it's so much fun and I think that winning, you know, the only two years I was with the Patriots, we went to the Super Bowl. And so yeah. I think it was it was always fun and, and we always made it fun. That's the thing. I mean, you know how it is. The locker room the locker room's the locker room. Like yeah. that's always gonna be a good time. The yeah. guys are are chilling, relaxing. Um, that space is is, you know, is specifically for the players to to yeah. have their yeah. their space together. Um so when people, you know, sit there and say, you know, it's it's no fun to play there, all that stuff. I don't think that's true. I had a great time being there, and I, I just think it's different than other places. Yeah. So you just need to adapt to it and, and make sure that you can yeah. be a part of it. So, you know, we, obviously everyone knows the character of, of Gronk, right? Like yeah. that's yeah. him winning and being the greatest tight end to arguably ever play is where Gronk, you know, kind of grew, mm-hmm. you know, just performing in every big game of his career, yeah. essentially. Um, you see the the character he is off the field, but yet the character on the field and then in like work mode, yeah, completely different, right? From what I've heard. Oh yeah, no, he's he's locked in. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that's another another deal where obviously I only had two years with Gronk, yeah. but the impact that I think Tom has on on other guys to yeah. just lock in and and be willing to work and be hyper focused. Yeah, uh, I think just is completely undervalued at times because he's. He just calls everybody to be higher, yeah. you know, by the way that he performs and, and works and by the way that he encourages other guys. And and Gronk alone, I mean, that, that dude just works his butt off. There was never a time that I can remember where he wanted to take time off or plays off, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, it would only be the times where his body, you know, said no. Yeah. And so uh, I'm really thankful to have learned under him too. Yeah, man. So is it – what year are you going on now? Seven. 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 So, like, yeah. looking back, like – the fact that you've played with the greatest of all time, yeah, you could say that for Gronk too. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. There's, there's yeah. a there's a probably a handful of guys on that yeah. roster that you were with um, for those two years that you can say like Matthew Slater. Oh yeah, you know definitely should. I mean, and we'll put this out there like Matthew Slater should be in the Hall of Fame strictly just for special teams, first ballot, no question about it. Yeah, like, oh, no I mean, question. Let's just make it happen. I mean, for it's sure. incredible what he's done. 10 10 time pro bowler yeah it's ridiculous at special teams i mean it's it's just unreal that and i i'm i think he's playing again this year right he is decided to come back yeah it's incredible he announced it yeah i'm excited i'm glad that he is just and i just think about the impact that he has on a locker room yeah and i mean another man of faith another man of faith and he had a big impact on me and cody too yeah just the way that he he was so he was able to relate with guys while also staying standing firm in his faith which i think we learned so much from yeah for sure um so like looking back, because sometimes you know, I've had the the honor to play with like Adam Vinatieri and, and Pat yeah. McAfee and Reggie Wayne and again I'm not when I say playing I'm an onlooker from the sideline. Come on, man, you're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, in, in in the fold with those guys, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Dwight Freeney, you know, guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame you know, soon enough. It's just like now that I'm in my the stage of my career, looking back, like you know, taking what I learned from those guys mm-hmm. early on in my career. And hopefully instilling that in the young guys that now I'm around. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself like having the confidence? I think it gives me confidence to to lead better mm-hmm. because I was around guys like that. Yeah. I mean, would you say that's kind of the same for you? Hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why I'm thankful. I'm so thankful to start with the Patriots and the way that we did in such an amazing culture. Yeah. With with guys that we're talking about, um, because the impact that they had on me and it, it really just shaped the way that I thought about leadership and, yeah. and leading younger guys yeah it definitely took me some time to 
I think within this last two years of, you know, you enter the league and you feel like you're back to being a freshman in high school. Yeah. And then it takes you a little bit to get over that hump of like, oh, wow, I am a veteran now. Yeah. You know, I am a veteran player because especially when you enter a new place and you want to earn everybody's respect. Yeah. Uh, but these younger players really value the advice and experience of these older players. Um, so, you know, being willing to share that and just stopping and taking the time to share with yeah. younger guys. And even when I went back to Seattle this year, it was, it was nice being able to talk to some of those younger guys. Yeah. Um, who just wanted advice and were, and were seeking, you could tell. And so yeah. there were some special moments for sure. And I think that's just like, we just got to tap into that vulnerability of like, all right, how how much of a blessing it is for us to be in this position. Now we are that vet. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're the OG now of the yeah. locker room, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and when I was a rookie thinking of like, man, that guy's been in the league for 10 years. Mm. Dang. Yeah. But it goes by so fast. For sure. And now, you know, it's been incredible to even think that i'm i'm now that 10 plus year guy mm -hmm. but it's also my responsibility i really wholly wholeheartedly feel like it is my duty and responsibility as that 10 year vet to be you know a a, a vulnerable leader yeah you know whether it's in bible study mm -hmm. leading those guys hey let's go let's go let's yeah. go in the word let's let's link up let's go fellowship or just if a, if a young guy like a lot of rookies go through like these just mental struggles of mm -hmm. like the the grind and the demand of the season mm -hmm. that you just you just pull them aside for 10 15 minutes yeah. and like talk about life yeah you know yeah. let them know that they're not the only one in that boat definitely because yeah. everyone's struggling in some in some uh, yeah. aspect of whether it's playing or home life or whatever like it's it's a it's a very very stressful environment that we're put mm -hmm. in every single day definitely and young guys don't know how to really find that balance you mm -hmm. know and so if we can help them in any way i feel like that's our duty yeah you know because there's there's some older guys that have been in the league for a long time that don't really have the the urge to yeah. or the desire to go help guys they're just very quiet do their own thing and that's, that's it's fine. fine yeah yeah you know but sure. i think you know the impact that you you leave and in and these young guys will never forget mm -hmm. that 10 15 minutes that you, no. you take just to pull them aside and just like just bro out for a minute yeah exactly you know? yeah, yeah it's like when you I think the biggest honor is when you get a text from somebody that you played with, you know, years ago that said some sort of impact that you had on them or a conversation that maybe led them in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and those are the the special moments, yeah. you know, in the locker room where, where you're sitting down, you're both gassed. Yeah. It's it's training camp, but you're taking the time to actually have a real conversation. Yeah. Because that's, that's what guys are looking for. I mean, that's what everybody's looking for. You know, they want to sure. connect in a genuine way. Yeah. And so in an environment that's so hectic and crazy all the time to just be like, all right, pause for a sec. Like, how's your personal life? And be yeah. able to talk about that um, is, is pretty special. Yeah. So going from New England, you find yourself in Seattle. Yeah. With another great QB. Oh, yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, talk about that relationship because I, I, I know, you know, just from another man of faith, very strong man of faith. Yeah. Um, the leader he is um, just from stories that I've heard. Um, cause I was in Seattle early in my career, right. it was, it was pre Russell Wilson. Um, but you know, being a fan of that, that fan base, um, of that team, my family, you know, a lot of my family's in Seattle. Um, I mean, just a great charitable work that he does. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether, you know, he shows up to PAO or something like that, like, you know, he's just been a guy that I've respected from afar yeah. for a long time. So you being in and now with the same team, catching passes from him. I mean, where does uh, the impact that Russell Wilson had on your life so far? He's had a huge, huge impact for yeah. sure. I think just how welcoming he was as a person and, yeah. and as a believer. 
So, I mean, I think the number one calling that we have as, as Jesus followers is to replicate the way that he's welcoming and wants to be a friend. And, and I felt that from, from, uh, from Russ right away, just in the way that he, you know, welcomed me when I first got in the building and, and, you know, dapped him up, said, what's up. And then he's encouraged me to come to his, his Bible study online at, you know, once we moved into COVID and all that stuff. But, um, it it was stuff like that. He held a Bible study over at, uh, over at the university, university of Washington at a location over there that, uh, you could just see the impact that it had on, it was majority of college athletes that were going to this Bible study and him and Sierra would get on and, and do this during COVID when we couldn't meet in person. Yeah. Um, so it's just the effort that he makes when he has so much on his plate, you know, as a, as a big time starting quarterback, he's doing his charity work at the hospital. He has his family to tend to at home. He's studying nonstop. And then he's doing, you know, Bible studies and all this and stuff. You got, so. a, you got an A-list celebrity as a, as a spouse <laughs> yeah, too, right? Exactly, man. Yeah. You got, you got a lot going on yeah. and, and he just does such a good job managing it. And along with that, just, just loving the guys around him. Yeah. So I had a workout last year with Denver. Okay. And... This is my second workout, but this was with the new regime. Right. So previous workout was was uh, when Russ was not there. And I just remember going in. We're sitting in the cafeteria, eating some food before we, we get the, the workout going. Um, the travel aide, the lady that does all the travel stuff, you know, yeah. she walks up and she introduces herself, sweet lady. Um, but she made a comment about Russell. She was like, you know, we had Russell here on his pre-draft workout back in the day when, you know, he was coming from Wisconsin. And, you know, he, he at the time he came up to to me, you know, and now I'm, I'm just the old lady in the office that, you know, um, mm-hmm. arranges the flights. And he yeah. came up to me and introduced himself, thanked me for getting his flight. And, you know, when we signed him last week, he came up to me again and said, hey, remember me when I was here? Yeah. Like, yeah. so like that impact that he has had mm-hmm. on these organizations and, um when I went into the, the uh, it was like me and three, three or four other snappers. We go into the weight room to do our weigh-in. Mm-hmm. Who's the first person there at the door greeting us as, yeah, yeah, street free agents? We're yeah. not even on the team. Yeah, and he's dapping us up as we're going into the, uh, the lock or the weight room to yeah. to go weigh in. I'm like, what's up, Russ? That's cool. Like, yeah, yeah. My respect sure. level for him was already high, but it just went Definitely. up higher, and I don't even know the guy. Yeah, you know. So, um, obviously, like the season that he had. You know, on the field and off was probably just a very, very surreal. Like, yeah. God, I can't even imagine like yeah. what it would go like. Just the the pressure and the stress and mm-hmm. the the criticism and the scrutiny and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Would you say that um, as as a friend of Russ, like just a little um, just misunderstood as a player or as a man? Or I think you know this year, I think he's been very misunderstood. Yeah, but I think that what's interesting about life in general as you see you know everything's okay and then somebody starts uh you know you know they get hit and they they fall a little bit yeah well everybody wants to start pounding on them yeah and beating up on Keeping them and, down, yeah. and bring the brawl and so yeah um i think that's what we saw this year like obviously uh russ was struggling a little bit on the field yeah. and that happens at times yeah. like and anybody who works in any workplace, and I know that he was dealing with injuries all that stuff yeah not to make excuses it's just there's going to be times when yeah. there's it's a tough season or it's a yeah. tough month, whatever it is. Um, and I, I just think I saw, you know, an example of what our culture is dealing with a lot right now. Yeah. And yeah. it's just people jumping on the bandwagon to hate on somebody yeah. just because other people are doing it. Um, but they like to see people get stay down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? and, and that's that's what I feel confident about who Russ is, Yeah, that he'll never stay down. And yeah. he's, he's one of the toughest guys I've ever met in my life. I mean, yeah. he's, 
he's taken some hits in games. Yeah. Um, sometimes that were my fault. <laughs> and um, and he's taken hits in games and pop right back up. Yeah. Because he didn't want want to let anybody down. Yeah. And uh, I know that his heart posture is always in the right place. Yeah. So I know that he's going to bounce back and, and do really yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. him and, and him and Sean Payton are going to be okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm so excited for that. That'll yeah. be really good. Well, what was really cool is like I feel like, dude. Every headline was about Russ this whole season, like whether it's losing a game or just not performing at the level that he's always played at, and just the. Ex- I mean, going into the season, it was like this is like Super Bowl or bust for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they've invested so much into him. So just right off the bat, just the pressure and the expectation was so high. Um, but like I said, like you mentioned, when when you know they like to throw punches, and when a guy's down, they just kept piling on and keeping yeah. him down. The coolest thing though that I saw towards the end of the year was like teammates then like mm-hmm. vocally stating like, no, this dude like is our ride or die. Yeah. Like we we love Russ. He leads us well. Mm-hmm. You know, there was talk about like, oh, Russ has his own office so he can film study and he's, you know, you know, distancing himself from from the team and all that kind of stuff. And no, maybe it's the guy just taking his job a little seriously yeah, and like sure. wants to be prepared, you know. But yeah. of course the media headlines are mm-hmm. always, you know, thrown in a little negative way well know? that's the thing i mean if if he was playing well at the time yeah it wouldn't matter and, and it would be the opposite they'd be like he's so committed to this team yeah. that he has an office at the yeah exactly. at the Isn't stadium like he yeah. that, that he spends so much time that he even wants to have an office to, yeah. you know they would just yeah. it's always flipped i know so, right but the, the, a lot of his teammates came out yeah to his defense which was would, really cool yeah because i'm still rooting for the dukes i'm a big fan man and yeah. so like Again, you've played now with two high-caliber quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, since Seattle, I mean, how many years were you in Seattle? Two years. Two years? Yeah. And then so the past few years, a mm-hmm. couple of years, have been kind of like this nomad, right? You've been For sure. A little tumbleweed just going around yeah. the NFL. And so explain that. Like, you had some stability in, in uh, New England. You were traded, though, to Seattle, right? I was traded, yeah. Yeah, so then – I mean, that gives you some stability when you're traded. I mean, yeah. Because I mean, the, the team traded for you. Yeah, you feel a little bit better about it. I got, yeah. I got released after that um, fall. I was doing some injuries in, in the in training camp. Okay. I got released that fall, They but they were still really loyal to me and said, you know, sign back to our P squad. We'll sign you in six weeks to yeah. be active. So I said, all right, sweet. So I just signed back, and that's when they, they elevated me six weeks later. So they stayed true to their word and, yeah. and were really up front there. Yeah, and so, you had a, you had a good career in Seattle. I did. Not yeah. to say that Seattle's over because this yeah. year you ended up back there again. But yeah, yeah. But those two years you were in Seattle, like you you mm-hmm. played really really well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really thankful for it. They uh, they gave me a lot of good opportunities, and, yeah. and having Russ there uh, was obviously a, a huge blessing because he uh, we had a good connection. Yeah. You know, I know that I, I I got a lot of receptions right when I I hopped in there, and uh, just had a great you know group around me, but. But yeah, I love my time there. Everything about it. The fans there it's are crazy, incredible. Man. The city's amazing, and yeah. it feels like home for me being back in Oregon. So yeah, you had a um, game-winning catch. I did my f- my first game where I was really like getting some time because yeah. Luke Luke Wilson was playing. Okay, so you played with Luke. Another yeah. another like Swiss Army like. Oh yeah. You know, just a guy that's grinded through for sure. The league yeah. to get, I you love know, Luke. Great I, career, you know. Yeah. He's Canadian, right? Canadian. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think he's back in Canada now. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it was uh, it was I think it was the first game that I really started getting some playing time because Luke was dealing with a little bit of an injury that game, and so I got tossed in and just take every snap. You know, I remember my first touchdown was even a play that he was supposed to have. Okay. And then uh, yeah, I had the game winner that game, and and that kind of just you know catapulted into the, the rest of the season. So, so it was, describe that moment because it's a home game. So yeah. again, you're playing in front of the twelves. 
like you can argue that that stadium's the loudest in the yeah. league. It, it's definitely one of the top three mm-hmm. loudest stadiums in the league. But the Seattle Seahawks fan base, the fans are so loud. Mm-hmm. And for you to score a game-winning touchdown, didn't, like, teammates pick you up and, like, yeah, hoist yeah. you up and stuff like that? But, like, it yeah. was, like, one of those moments, like, Rudy, like, you were like, yeah! yeah! yeah. Like, describe, describe that moment. Like, how cool was that in front of that fan base, dude? Yeah. Well, that's because even going back to Russ, I remember Russ running over and be like, pick him up, pick him up. Yeah. And so that's that's how that started. Okay. Um, but but yeah, man, that was that was another moment I just felt like God was showing off because I remember actually before that game even, and I'm sitting there and I, and I kind of I felt like I tweaked my groin a little bit uh, in pregame, and so I'm sitting there and I, that's what I had injured uh, previously the during training camp. Okay. So it was like you know six seven weeks before that. So I felt it again. I was like, "Dang!" Like, so I was just praying, like, "God, please just let me get through this. Yeah. You know, get through this game healthy and all that." And then he he did something even bigger. And I remember even in that game, I think we had a field goal to to win it before that overtime. Okay, going into overtime, and I think that we missed it. Yeah. And I'm praying. You know, we were ahead, and so I'm praying in that moment, like, "Please just make it or whatever it is." Like, I'd love for this game, this to, game be to be over. I'm, I'm yeah. tired. All that stuff. Yeah. Like, let's get this win. I scored my first touchdown. Yeah. And then, you know, it got pushed to overtime. And, I was like, and, hold on, bro, I got Exactly. <laughs> He's like, I got something bigger. So it was a great example just for life. You know, yeah. I'm thinking, like, this is it. It was a huge blessing. Let's get out of here. And he's yeah. like, no, I got something even bigger for you. And so I scored that. And just seeing my teammates that were so happy for me, I think, was the just the, the best part for me. You know, you always want to – for me, the the most motivating thing is making my teammates proud and, and yeah. respect and, and – uh, so getting to do that for them was pretty special. And what's cool is like it happened in overtime because typically if that was in during the game, you wouldn't yeah. have that moment to for really sure. celebrate and like yeah, yeah. bask in the moment. Yeah. Well, you can do it on the sideline, but the yeah. fact that it's a walk off in yeah. OT where the game is over, yeah, yeah, as the soon walk as you off, score, it added to it. For oh, sure. for sure, because now you can like yeah. really celebrate, and that's yeah. when the guys lift you up and hoist you up. I mean, yeah. it's like. That is so cool to have because I mean you're a Pacific Northwest guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, did you grow up a Seahawks fan? Yeah, we, well, we did. My first game, my only NFL game, was uh, Seattle versus Detroit, and my dad surprised us with tickets. So okay. we flew out of the. We were like six or seven, maybe. Did you go to you went to the Kingdom in Seattle, or I you think went? it was. I think it was the Kingdom. Okay, I it had I, to have been. It had to have been right if we yeah, were. Yeah, that was six the, or seven. that was the stadium before the right. new one. Yeah. So yeah, we went there, uh, and that was the first game that we ever went to. I think only well, NFL maybe, game. That we did went you to. go to University of Washington? I don't think it was so the kingdom when they knocked that down they played at UW for a while. It might have been UW. Okay. It might have been. So you might yeah, you cuz the but kingdom it was, was loud. A long time ago. That's all I remember. Oh, it's loud in that stadium. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were uh but I think that if it, was, if it was indoors obviously it was the kingdom. Okay, yeah, it wasn't indoors. So, okay, it, so yeah, yeah. It probably it was probably at UW during that transition. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it's probably at UW. But we um I think that was just like a a full circle moment for me yeah. because it, it brought me right back to that moment of like I was sitting You're that watching the, the Seahawks yeah. and then here I am scoring the touchdown. Yeah. It was pretty special. Yeah, so the Seattle Seattle is the first team that I was with in the NFL as a, as a undrafted free agent. Went there on three different occasions. It was kind of kind of crazy, but always – well, actually my first time was – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to age myself a little bit. With, Mike Holmgren was the head coach. Matt Hasselbeck was the quarterback. Yeah. That was in 2007. Yeah. In 2010, I got re-signed there again when Pete Carroll came in and and John Snyder, the whole new regime. Hasselbeck was still there too. Yeah. Um, but, dude, I, I worked out for the Seahawks last year. Yeah. And When uh, Tyler got hurt. 
Oh, yeah, great, when, yeah, when Tyler got hurt. And this is 12 years later, bro. Yeah. And I never thought, like, in my heart, I'm like, man, it'd be so cool to go back to Seattle just to, for whatever, like, get a mm-hmm. workout, be on the team, experience it, because I never made it when I was there the first time yeah. in 2010. I got cut during training camp. And, dude, I got there, and, like, I just felt so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because I was like reliving the stress and the emotion that I felt my first time there during training camp. Yeah. Because the smell of the facility was exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Obviously, Pete is still there. Snyder's still there. Mm-hmm. So like these these figureheads are still there twelve years later. Yeah. And I walk out, I like I was just I wasn't nervous, but I just kind of felt like a weight on my shoulders, like, God, you you brought me here for a reason. But why am I so anxious? Mm-hmm. But it was those memories that I had because my first time there was like my first taste of NFL and I was yeah. not prepared. Yeah. I was very raw. I did not know how to handle certain situations or the pressure, the stress. And so I was like almost reliving those mm-hmm. dark memories. Mm-hmm. Because when I was there the first time in 2010, I was just praying for the day that I'd be cut so that all that stress could just be stripped away. Yeah. yeah. So to go back 12 years later was was pretty it was it was surreal for that. Uh, ex- experience, but also it was really cool because when I was at the workout, here comes old Pete, yeah. you know, with the little little yeah. limp, you know, got yeah. his Air Monarchs on. Oh yeah, and he's like, "How long has it been?" I'm like, "Bro, it's been 12 years since I was here last." Yeah, and like he gave me a huge compliment, like, "You look great, man." Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm staying ready, bro. Yeah, yeah. But t- to be there 12 years later is like crazy. Oh, I bet. And you know it. I remember going back after the workout saying a prayer in the locker because I just felt so much anxiety on my heart and like, God, what is, what are you trying to reveal here? Mm-hmm. I didn't get signed, you know, ended up in Dallas, which was a huge blessing. Yeah. But just to, I don't know, maybe God just took me back there for some closure. Definitely. I don't know what it was, yeah. you know, yeah. but it was, it was, it was surreal, man. But for you to go back, you know, you, you started the year with the Raiders. Yeah. Raiders. So I started the year with the Raiders, had a, had a knee injury um, a couple weeks into training camp. Okay. So I was playing really well, probably playing the best ball I have in a yeah. few years. I f- felt great. I uh, trained really hard leading up to training camp. Yeah. Um, so that was disappointing. So I was hurt for – I was out with that for, I think, eight, nine weeks. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, that's when they released me was was uh, obviously cut day for – you know, Darren was hurt at the time as well. Okay. So – you know, they couldn't have two hurt tight ends, and so they wanted to release me and sign me back later. Okay. And so that's why um, they released me. I went home to Nashville, got healthy, came back four weeks later, said, all right, I'm ready to roll. And they didn't want me at the time. Okay. And so I said, all right, I'm going to go sign with the Vikings. Yeah. So that's when I signed with them. Yeah. So last year was like kind of – how many teams were you on last year? Three. Yeah, because I signed, signed with the Vikings after I got healthy. Yeah. And they were great. I, I loved being there. It was a great environment. Co- yeah. Coaching was incredible. Really, just everything about it. Um, but then, and I signed another P squad. They elevated me two games, and they said that they were willing to elevate me once the Raiders called again and said they wanted me to come back and yeah. play. Uh, but I thought, you know, playing wise, it would be the best, the best business decision yeah. to go back to the Raiders. So that's why I chose to go back. Okay, and then, but you ended the season in Seattle, right? Because yeah, the Raiders released me once Darren got healthy. Okay. Uh, it's all a numbers game. I know there's it a is, lot right? to it. Yeah, but uh, they. They did me dirty. They released me when uh, Darren got healthy. Okay. 
And at that point, Seattle was just about to enter and make a run for the for the playoffs. Yeah, and they signed me back, and so I was I was excited about that. Yeah, so walking back in that locker room, it had now been what three years? Been two and a half. Yeah, okay. two and a half years. What was it like going back in there? Kind of like you were talking about, it, different experiences because I I don't think I felt the anxiety all that. Yeah, but it was so much emotion. Like yeah. I I walked back, I see obviously all the faces, the equipment yeah. guys, and yeah. the trainers and the coaches uh but it was really just like a just a thankful feeling that i had going yeah. back just yeah. um i think the the last two years have been so crazy you know football wise yeah and so i almost felt like god was just kind of softening my heart a little bit in that yeah. moment like yeah. like what like look what i've done in your life it's yeah. been i've blessed you so much and and i have you right in my hands and and like, no matter what, it's going to be okay. Like you just keep being faithful and just keep working and, and don't quit on me. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll always come through. And so going back there, I was just like, man, this is special. Thank you for the time that I had here. It was, it was really incredible. Yeah. It is a special place. I mean, it's a, mm. one of the most beautiful facilities there is. Oh man. The right greatest the, teams to right play the for water. the fan. Yeah. The fan base on Lake yeah. Washington. I mean, like yeah. Seattle's special, man. It's got a really special place in my heart for so mm. many different reasons, very sentimental reasons and personal reasons. Cause I went to college and my family's from there. Yeah. That was the first team that I was ever with. Um, but for you to experience that again is really cool. So mm. is there, is there a potential future maybe with Seattle? I'd always be open to go back there. Well, for sure. I, but yeah. I feel like they wouldn't have brought you back if they didn't like you. Yeah, no, they definitely didn't. And yeah. I had a conversation that even as I was leaving, yeah. you know, they have three guys that they like right now, but I'm always open to to go back there i love my time there i love yeah love the coaching staff everything so yeah, talk about pete real quick i mean we mm. we talk about belichick i mean yeah i mean he's one of the few coaches that have survived yeah. a decade yeah that's and, a, and has succeeded every single, yeah. single year even with like geno smith like a while like yeah they have no quarterback they lost russ yeah and they still make the playoffs for I mean, sure speak on pete a little bit yeah pete like you said he's, he's stuck around for a reason he's um i'm so thankful for pete and just his personality i feel like Every coach, you know, every coach that's a really good coach knows that that different guys need to be treated a little bit differently sure. in the way that they approach him. And I think that Pete does such a great job of that. Yeah. First by just leading in encouragement. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of coaching styles will be to tear guys down and just make them, you know, angry, want to be better and, and yeah. all that, which is great. It works. Yeah. You know, for, for some a lot of people. guys. Yeah, for some yeah. people. Yeah. But Pete is so good at calling people higher. Yeah. Where like if you have a bad game, whatever it is, and he's like, yeah. you know, he's gonna take the approach that's you're better than that. Like you're a baller. Yeah. And there were so many times that he would walk in, um, walk into the to the team meetings, you know, even after a loss, which we didn't have many when I was there. Yeah. And it was just encouragement. It was yeah. like, All right guys, that wasn't us, like let's move on. You yeah. guys are an amazing football team. Yeah. And he just he takes the pressure off of being in a really high position and, and having all the lights on you. He's yeah. like it's, we're playing football yeah and he does a great job at, at doing that and just yeah. creating this this really loose and relaxed in yeah. the best way just going out and playing ball but it's all about competition though do all about competition <laughs> yes, i yes. learned that fast when i was there yeah. actually because i remember i thought i knew what like getting the ball out was yeah and because you know come from new england i got my 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 chest puffed out and i'm like these guys probably don't even know how to practice yeah and i get there and i'm running with the ball you know just finished the play and then boom like this guy knocks out knocks out the ball and I'm like man these guys practice hard yeah and so you know when it came to practicing at Seattle like everything's about competing that's yeah. what the whole program's about oh, so sure. was it competition Wednesdays yeah yeah comp Wednesdays yeah I mean I remember 
because I was there the very first year. So he was like instilling this whole new USC like yeah, yeah. mentality. He brought Ken Norton with him. He brought all these USC dudes with him. Like yeah. the, with uh, um, Carlisle was the head strength coach at the time. He fr- came from USC. Um, I mean, the guys, uh, you had Lofa Tutubu there at the time. Yeah. Um, he brought in, um, you know, coaching and play- players. Mm-hmm. Like even guys that were like struggling in the career, like he always gave those dudes a chance. Yeah that played with him at for USC, sure. you know, like he has like, loyalty for he knows, sure. He knows yeah. like, like you said, maybe he knows how to relate or tap into something yeah. inside those players um, that can get, bring the best out in those guys. Definitely. You know, but it was all, I remember competition wins. And I don't know if he still does it. Do you still start with bag drills before every practice? Oh yeah. Yeah. Running through the bag drills. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's like, yeah, it just gets the, like, gets the energy going. And yeah. he's out there hobbling around, throwing passes, catching. Oh yeah. Catching like, one handers. You know, like, like it's just, it's, just a, it's a vibe, man. And people mm-hmm. just like, gravitate towards that type yeah. of energy you know and i've been on coaches where you just never want to even be around them because yeah. you don't even know what kind of mood they're in definitely you know so it's really cool that you've been around some like really really good coaches that i mean obviously they're successful mm-hmm. but they just like they know how to coach at a different level because it's like more of a personal like yeah you know type level where it's like you can they connect with the players oh definitely you know and those are the those are the relationships and coaches that you think back on like that time was special for sure this episode is sponsored by the Stay Ready brand, because why not? I'm going to sponsor myself until somebody else does. To get your hands on some sweet hats, t-shirts, and all Stay Ready-related merch, visit mattovertonbrand.com. Now back to the episode. You know? Yeah, even uh, even when it comes to, you know, developing and being comfortable with who you are yeah. and really growing into that, I feel like he does a great job at letting guys be who they are, whether that's you're quiet and you don't talk a lot. Well, that's okay as long as that's genuinely who you are. Yeah. And and we want to bring that out in you and encourage you to be better in all ways that we can. But and if you're the outgoing, like screaming and energy, he's cool with that too. So yeah. I feel like just encouraging, you know, even when it comes to little things like how you dress, you yeah. know, guys getting on the plane, you, you could wear what you want. And yeah. And every team's different. But um I think that he just the way that he ran that program, him and John just it really uh helped me in a lot of ways, not yeah. only with football, but but just kind of being comfortable with who you are. You sure. Know? Well, let's 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 flip it 180 real quick. Yeah. Let's talk about Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> so you go you go to Jacksonville when Urban Meyer is hired as the head coach. Right. And the experience obviously was probably a lot different. It was. So I mean just as as a veteran cuz you you signed there as a, in, in free agency, right? Yeah, so I actually I signed to the Bills. Oh, that's right. In free that's right. Agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um just pretty much had injuries I was dealing with. I had a back injury in training camp that yeah. I was dealing with. So I didn't even really play much there. And yeah. I got released uh, right when, you know, cut days yeah. got released, which was actually still surprising. Yeah. Uh, and then right after, you know, a day or two later, I signed with Jacksonville. Yeah, so you go to Jacksonville. And at the time, man, I mean, it's like, for me, being in Jacksonville for three years, um, again, I was there for the AFC Championship year. Mm-hmm. But then I was there on the, like, now we're – you know, we're five and twelve or whatever. You know, we're back to the old ways. Even though we had incredible talent on the roster, yeah. Um, Doug Marone was just fired. Now they hire, you know, Urban Meyer. Um, I mean, at the time, it was like, this dude is the savior. Like, this yeah. dude's gonna come change the culture. This dude's gonna come change, you know, what the Jacksonville Jaguar mm-hmm. program is all about. Yeah. And it almost like set them back even further. Yeah. You know, so can you just touch? I mean, you don't have to go into detail because I know there's a lot of yeah. things that happen there that are kind of just, you know, it happened behind closed doors. You don't need to share, disclose what happened. But I mean, obviously things were bad. Yeah. You know, and I was there with guys that are still playing there. And the, sh- the stories they shared were just like, dude, it's just, 
just a just a cancerous environment to be in. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, what it, I mean, looking back on that time, I mean, and even in the moment when we're when all these allegations are coming out, and he's, mm. I don't know, going on different trips after a game, and all these things come out. I mean, you go from Belichick and Pete Carroll, and now you're kind of in this mess yeah. of a situation. I mean, it's just like, what yeah. was your thought process during that time? Yeah, I think that. I think uh, for me, it's all a day, like a <laughs> literally a day's yeah. my my time there because, like you said, I went from having you know two of the best coaches of all time, yeah, and uh, you know going into an environment that just wasn't the case. I actually remember going, and it's just being open and honest. I remember going to the first practice, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I had signed there, and obviously I hadn't spent a training camp there, anything like that. But even even being with the Bills, you know. I'd, they do a great job too. They yeah, run it the right way. Done, done a great job yeah. there, right? Yeah. Um, so I show up and I remember going to the first practice and I was just like, "This isn't this isn't a winning team right here." Like so this you, isn't a, you instantly felt that energy. I felt, and this is nothing with the players. Like yeah. you know that it's yeah. You know every team has talented guys. Yeah. Jacksonville has, you know, even when I was there, had very very yeah, talented guys. For sure. And Trevor's super talented, but it was just being at this practice, the structure, you know how sharp everything is everything like that and you're like oh man we have a game in in two weeks or whatever it is and we look like this and we look like this like that was my eyes were so open to oh wow everywhere isn't like these two successful programs that i've been in and so it was a huge adjustment for me and i really just felt for i mean i felt for the coaches too because you could tell that there was a lot of uh they weren't aligned on everything yeah you know in the way that a lot of these assistant coaches were really good coaches and some that I had spent time with before yeah. who uh, have done a really great job. And so for them, it was a lot of strain too, where, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of say in how things went. Yeah. And, um, so it was tough, man. And same thing with urban. Like I felt, I felt for him, he was entering a whole new environment that was completely unknown to him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, we talk about adapting and I think that that's something that, you know, Pete, for example, came in and he, adapted in all the right ways mm-hmm. um and you need to be able to adapt to grown men yeah like it, it's different dealing with grown men than it is yeah dealing with college students yeah. and they need to be treated differently yeah and spoken to differently and they expect you to speak to the other leaders differently you know when it comes to the other coaching stuff and all that so when we didn't see that that was that was tough for us to kind of get our our heads around yeah so the team meeting, the big team meeting, where after the fact that all this stuff had come out about, you know, the, the video. Yeah. The girl dancing on them, all kind of stuff. And this was after a loss, right, in Cincinnati. Or did you guys right. win that game? No, we no, lost. But it was close. It was close. Yeah. yeah but it's kind of a heartbreaking game. Like Yeah, yeah. Thursday night football. Yeah. We just lost. So he yeah. he does not go back to Jacksonville with the team. Right. And we didn't know that at the time. Yeah, so you had no clue no until clue. until that video came out. Yeah, until the video came out. Um yeah, no, even, uh, I remember because even when he came in the room, because he, he went around and apologized to guys yeah. for everything that was happening, and yeah. um, I hadn't seen the video yet, so I was so confused. Okay. You know, I, w- I don't get on social media much during yeah. the season so and all that. you're just oblivious to the situation. So I yeah. walked in and started talking about this stuff, and I'm like, what, like, what's going on? Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just sitting there drinking my coffee, and I was so confused. Um, but then shortly after, you know, obviously saw the video and, and all that, which that's the thing. It's like him making that mistake yeah i don't think that anybody would sit there and say like how could you do that or mm-hmm. or i can't believe this he's such a scumbag whatever like yeah. 
that'd be so unfair to say because the guy made a mistake in that moment like yeah, we've sure. all made mistakes sure. like that and so that wasn't you know when it comes to people slamming him for that i don't agree with it because we've all made mistakes and the only difference is that he got recorded doing it yeah um so in we the can position all... he's in exactly yeah. and i'm not advocating for that not okay yeah. in my mind at yeah. all i do not advocate that um especially as a married man but when it comes to you know what i love it what i've always loved about an nfl locker room is as long as you gen genuinely are who you say you are mm -hmm. then people are going to respect that yeah and if you say like i don't do these things and then you go do them yeah well then guys are kind of like i can't really trust that guy sure you know how am i supposed to trust him on the field with me yeah or to coach me whatever it is so i think that's the part that there was a lot of a lot of clash with urban was he didn't take accountability yeah he didn't take accountability yeah. for it and, and so that's where he lost guys didn't that's where that's where the team was lost when yeah. it was like you couldn't just straight up own up to it it yeah. was like trying to get around it yeah you know yeah so again i just want to touch on that because yeah. you you've you've had the the glamorous experience experience in the nfl of like playing with like some yeah. of the most prolific head coaches and you right. just have that one season where it's like dude get me out of here for sure you know yeah so i mean now you're this is your first year going into year seven this is the first year now you know, we're sitting here in may otas are now starting you know mini camps are going on this is the first year in your nfl career that you've been at home as like a street free agent right um how has that been on your mentals and like how has that been just kind of how you approach the season have you been dealing with disappointment and frustration or confusion or are are you in a season where you like you just feel really confident about you know this the year ahead and and it's so early and obviously now you have a little bit more free time yeah you know but that yeah. call could come at any time yeah for sure you know so touch on that you know because this is my world you're living in now right it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. every year i'm, I'm living yeah. on the street mm -hmm. grind with street rats now you know it's like yeah. we're just Wish I, yeah you know it, it's but you can you can really there's so many blessings in it there uh, is. for so many different reasons but with this being your first taste of it how has that been for you so far to be honest, man, it's been really good. I yeah. think that I wasn't, I was expecting to sign somewhere yeah. um, right when that time came around. Mm -hmm. And so, but that's the thing, dude, I've, I've become such an optimist in, in everything that yeah. happens in life because I look back at anything that I was doubtful about yeah. and it's always worked out for the better. Yeah. And so right now I'm in this season where, yeah, obviously I'd love to be signed to a team yeah. and be in a good situation. And I, like you said, though, I, I feel very, very confident in my abilities and I feel very confident in my work ethic and just who I am as a man and as a player yeah. and the work that I put in on a daily basis. Yeah. And uh, even with last year, you know, I yeah. I worked so incredibly hard leading up to that season yeah. and I was playing very, very good football. Yeah. And I can sit there and look at myself in the mirror and watch the tape and be like, yeah, you're playing great football right now. And yeah. so the fact that I get hurt, get uh, released, yeah. and then I get bounced around for the rest of the year, I can't control that. So yeah. why am I gonna get yeah. upset about it? Yeah. You know, it's like, I put, I did everything that I could. I controlled what I could. Yeah. And so that's what I'm all about now, man. It's like if I can control everything that I can, which yeah. I'm doing right now. And you're healthy right now too, right? Great, man. Yeah. I feel super healthy. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, been eating great, working out hard, training hard. And um, so, yeah, just in all aspects right now, I just feel yeah. feel really good yeah. about where I'm at. Yeah, like I came into this offseason like really with no expectations, like obviously optimistic um when i didn't sign in free agency it was kind of let down but it's like this is nothing new like it yeah. was like all right let me sulk for 24 hours and i'll yeah, get over yeah. it right yeah. so i think the blessing man it's like uh, my trainer kind of put it into perspective for me back in you know march when free agency was starting and 
And, you know, I think our desire is to be in that locker room and have that camaraderie now and be there mm. from day one, put that first brick down yeah. um, and just be there for those those moments. And but it's like you don't win games in April. You know, mm. you don't make a team in April. And I think, too, one of the blessings of being home right now is you and your brother can get more quality time together oh, or yeah. travel or go home, spend time in Bend, Oregon. Definitely. Um because Cody's also a free agent right now as well, right? Yeah. Recovering from an injury. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like you just, you kind of can stay in your lane right now. And you can control what you can control as you approach the day with your training. I mean, it's not like you're training any more or any less if you, yeah. you know, weren't, we're on a team. It's like, no, I'm going to train really, really hard. Yeah. It's probably going to be a better program for me personally, mm -hmm. like cater to, to me. Yeah. And it's almost like you don't have the stress. Mm -hmm. And sometimes OTAs is stressful. It can be. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, um, I mean, the pads and the bolts aren't flying, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, you're still there and you're still being evaluated every yeah. single second of the day. For sure. They're always looking for the younger guy to take this, the job, yeah. you know, or, or the cheaper guy. Yeah. Um, and my, my trainer was like, man, this is maybe this is just a way for you to train on your program that i've designed for you you don't have to worry about the outside noise you get to spend time with your family be here with your wife and your two daughters mm -hmm. and just enjoy the time because i mean the season really is long especially yeah. when you start in april you essentially we have two months off early then you have another break in the summer so three months of the year you're mm -hmm. really off and the rest is all business yeah and it's also a chance to just kind of rest your body too because yeah. i've been in programs during otas where those nine weeks are a grind definitely jacksonville yeah. was was a yeah. program where they ran you hard yeah and you know you were in the facility eight to ten hours i mean i know there's rules in mm -hmm. certain phases but like they kept you there as long as they could definitely yeah. you know and there was no off friday saturday sunday monday like you no know, it was like we're gonna work mm -hmm. you know monday tuesday thursday friday so you only yeah. get that two days off definitely um so yeah there's this some blessings i want to ask you because you're going through this for your first time and you know my hope for you is like yeah man you really are enjoying mm -hmm. you're staying optimistic because in the position that you're in as a tight end slash baller on special teams mm -hmm. like that that call can come at any time yeah. and, and honestly um i mentioned to this to you the other time uh the other night at dinner which by the way was a fantastic dinner i appreciate that. um you you kind of can go into a situation let's just say you sign and in August in training mm -hmm. camp due to an injury because unfortunately a lot of injuries do happen yeah. during training camp um, especially at the skill position and it's almost like you can go into those situations where it's like all right maybe back in April the team didn't want me mm -hmm. but now they need me yeah and that gives you leverage yeah and that gives you a little bit more peace of mind of like all right maybe there's not as much pressure yeah there's pressure because I want to play I want to play really really well I want to I want to mm -hmm. ball out for these these new coaches or the new team or play at the level that I expect myself to play at. But it's yeah. almost like you can play a little more free. And that's been my experience where yeah. you just, you walk into a situation and I've walked into a situation where I get signed on Thursday. I have a walkthrough practice. I'm playing Sunday <laughs> yeah. and it's like, gosh, dang, I'm not ready, but it's almost mm -hmm. like, all right, just fall back on your, tr on your training. You've been doing this forever. Yeah. Just trust it and just go out and play free. And mm -hmm. maybe they're not going to be as hard on you if you mm -hmm. don't, play as well as you yeah, want yeah. To, you know what i'm saying so there's Definitely. like the situation that you're in maybe you have a little more leverage mm -hmm. than you think yeah you know? i feel you there for sure and just not overthinking yeah. you know like you're talking about where it's like i feel uh because i experienced that this year for the first time 
where well i guess last year too with jacksonville yeah. showing up and, and you know you're playing within a couple of weeks yeah but um i think once you have you know once you know how to be a pro yeah obviously so entering year seven it's like i i at least have a idea of the majority of the offenses in the league sure. so i know that i can at least plug in somewhere and, and be a part of that offense however big they need to be need me to be in that offense and then special teams is obviously you know going to be the same for yeah. the most part anywhere that you go yeah and so i think that yeah having the confidence in that and then knowing yeah to be able to just plug in somewhere and, and get going yeah and like you're talking about i mean once the season starts yeah it's like all the mental games and all that don't really matter like all the preseason all the hype all the yeah all the hype of the draft and yeah. free agency all this stuff away. it's finally a way where teams are yeah. just worried about winning yeah and so I'd love to just be a part of that for a team. Like yeah. you just show up and it's like, okay, now we're just playing ball. Yeah. We're not talking we're not talking money. We're not talking contracts. We're not talking who are you signing, who are you not signing. Now it's just like, okay, oh, you need me to come play? Like, yeah, yeah I'd love to come play. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's it's so true. And it's like there's just a lot of like I don't know, there's just a lot of peace in not not being with a team during this season. Um and it's like like you said, like you're a pro. You've been in this game for mm -hmm. a long time now, you've carried yourself uh, like that for so long and it's like you're you're a plug-and-play guy you can go you can go fit in any pretty much most any system the benefit to you too is adding a value on special teams yeah which was which is huge mm -hmm. um, just being that role guy as well and and um because dude everybody needs a good would you play guard or do we play wing on punting? i play i play it all i've mainly yeah, played dude. tackle and wing okay uh, i like doing some cuts do, there at do wing. you prefer to be on the right side or left side i really don't care actually i've been on both so with, there's uh, guys are like dude there I, is. I will not go to the left side well what i love is that with new england we had the switch stance yes yeah, so the, the outside yeah. foot was yeah. up and yeah. so that made me comfortable with both okay. because i got so used to just yeah flipping and switching and so yeah um and then seattle i was all over the place too yeah but i mean you i mean the stock that you have right now as a free agent has got to be high because of the fact that a lot of people don't understand the value of a, of a guy that can not only contribute offensively or defensively but can be yeah, a core player on special teams. It's huge. Yeah, and that's something on, I've taken so much more pride in because, you know, I started playing a lot on offense in Seattle, and yeah. I was actually still playing special teams at the time. Yeah. But, you know, even at the time, I let it get in my head a little bit, yeah. you know, where you're like, oh, man, I just want to play more offense. And, yeah, yeah. and, you know, you let that slip into my mind, and I get angry at myself about that because I'm like, man, special teams is – that's like the definition of the type of player I always want to be is yeah. the grinder. Yeah. And the person, you know. And so I want to. I always want to be that guy that takes pride in, yeah, in whatever position he's playing. And Any I want to be the best at exactly. So yeah. I've taken a whole new perspective on special teams, even yeah. this last like year, yeah. year or two, where uh, I just I want to be the best athlete on the field. Yeah, like whether that's on punt, punt yeah. return, whatever it is. Like I love special teams because you're beating your guy. Yeah, it's and one on one battle. Every it's time. one on one, and, and and it's obvious who wins and loses. Yeah, and know? not to say you're getting older, but you are getting older in the league, right? Yeah. So you're entering year seven. It's like people don't quite understand. Like it just the longevity of the NFL player is so short. Mm -hmm. But in our world, it's like now the seven, eight, nine year guys. Like those are those are the guys that you hope are on your team because a lot of the rosters now. Like my boy Luke Rhodes in Indy, mm. he's a long snapper. He's thirty. He's the oldest guy on the roster right now. Wow, isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. And it's like you, like the rosters just seem to get, yeah, you know, they're they're just getting younger and younger and younger. And it's like those guys who are the five plus year guys, those guys are so valuable mm. to your special teams. Definitely. It's crazy. 
Yeah. You know, so to have a guy like you floating on the street, like, dude, like, get Jacob Halster here. Like, yeah. he's going to help us. Yeah. Definitely. And also, too, it's like, as you're getting older, too, it's like, dude, if I can finesse missing out on training camp, like, <laughs> and not having that wear and tear on my body and having fresh yeah. legs it is wear going into week yeah. one, mm -hmm. because the season is so long. Yeah. They're adding more games. They're adding multiple thursday night games now international right. games and i want to talk about that now because we have the yeah. schedule release yeah. um did you see any of the well you t you heard that teams are now going to play multiple times on thursday night i did see that yeah, yeah so the Cowboys schedule it reads like this um there is a phase where they're going sunday night mm -hmm. to thursday night okay oh no they're, they're going thursday to thursday to sunday night okay so thursday, two wow. thursday night games in a row um, and then they're going to Sunday night football. So they have three primetime games in a row. And yeah. you know, Cowboys traditionally always have the most primetime spot. I think they have like 10 primetime games. Yeah. Um, but they're doing Thursday, Thursday. And I, that's that's fine because there's yeah. a full seven days in between each game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, thinking about that when they're proposing that, hey, teams are going to play multiple th Thursday night slots. Uh -huh. Already guys are against playing on Thursday night because it's a short week. Yeah. But the added bonus is you have – the little mini bye week attached yeah. to the tail end, especially if you win. For sure. You know, yeah. if you win and it's a home game, it's like, hey, go home, I'll see you Monday. Oh, yeah. Or I'll see you Tuesday. Yeah. You know, so it's a blessing. And, and how your bye week falls with Thursday night game, you may have a seven-week uh, seven bye, and then you play Thursday night on week 15. So right. it's like, thank you, Lord, like right before you make that playoff right. push. Right, yeah. So what are your thoughts on Thursday What What are your thoughts on playing on Thursday night? Yeah. Then what are your thoughts on playing multiple Thursday nights? In general, I I love playing on Thursday night. Okay. Uh, just I love night games in yeah. general. There's been times. I mean, when I was in Seattle, we played a Thursday night game. Uh, I think it was like towards the end of the season, fourteen, yeah. week fourteen, fifteen. And obviously, my body was hurting at yeah. that time. I was I was taking a lot of snaps, making a lot of catches each game. So yeah. I was. I mean, I'm waking up on a Sunday or a, a Monday, you know, afternoon, and I'm you know feel like I got in a little car wreck. Yeah. But I always loved playing on thursday night because of like you're talking about you're looking at three days recovery after that that you would never get before or maybe four if the coach maybe gives you four. a little bone and says hey don't, we're not and, we're not even practicing until right. wednesday the following week and that's what i'm going to say about it is it's all it all there's so many variables in it because sure. the team that you play for is going to make a big difference on whether you like playing on thursday nights or you don't yeah. like it because yeah. some teams are going to grind you yeah before and after yeah and for example you know being in seattle i don't think that we really had a practice maybe like a jog tempo I mean, you know you really can't up. practice between sunday and, and the next day exactly yeah. yeah so like we're in tennis shoes we're going over scheme yeah and so if anything like leading up to that thursday you're really having more recovery time than you usually would yeah and then for some guys who are overthinkers like you're just playing ball yeah right so yeah. it's like you know obviously somebody who's injured at the time, whatever it is, and, and there's always a limit. Like sure. the two Thursday night game thing, yeah. you know, especially I feel like as they're just trying to add more and more, yeah. I think it's just gonna piss guys off because Well I get again the structure looking at the Cowboys, and this is just the Cowboys in particular, but yeah. they're doing Thursday, Thursday. That's fine because it's back to Yeah, back. you have a full week. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be a little different and and I would be interested to see how it plays off if that Thursday was like week two. Exactly. And yeah. then they added again. So is that week the 10. only is that the only I don't know if that's the only team. They just okay. put it up on ESPN today because, you know, they have the most primetime spots. Mm -hmm. But they're going Thursday, Thursday, Sunday. And then having that Sunday night game at the tail end, that gives them another right. half day of, quote, unquote, recovery. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it is interesting. The, the other interesting thing, too, uh, about this year is the international games. Yeah. 
So you played in Mexico City and you played in London. I, I've played in London three times. And then I went to Mexico City once with the Chargers, but I did not play. Um, so, I mean, playing in London, I mean, it's like, and you can't, did you play with Seattle? So you did the full, like, coast no. to coast trip? So it was just when I was with Jacksonville and then last year with Minnesota. Okay, so I yeah. did Jacksonville twice and one with Indy. So the travel's not bad. It's like a six yeah. or seven hour flight from Jacksonville. Yeah, it's not too bad. I think and it was, you, yeah. you, you, typically what you do is you, you practice Thursday, you leave Thursday night, mm. pop an Ambien to sleep all night on the plane. Mm -hmm. You arrive at like 6 a.m. London time, get on a bus, head to your resort, and go to like a little jog through uh, in your in they really want you to stay up all day yeah like don't take that that nap of death because once you fall asleep yeah. dude, you're not getting out of it exactly because the time change is what six hours i think or it's something? six or seven hours yeah. yeah and um you know you get there and you're like all you want to do is sleep mm -hmm. and hopefully you slept on the flight over because if you didn't you're going to be even like oh yeah you're done worse condition yeah and then saturday it's like you kind of you get there Friday morning, and then Saturday is kind of when you kind of have that normal day where it's like, mm -hmm. all right, wake up at a normal time, you know, do your breakfast, lunch, dinner, all that kind of stuff, and that's kind of a more of a mock game. And then you play on Sunday, and it's weird playing on Sunday because it feels like you're playing so early in the morning. Like our oh, yeah. internal clock, I think it's like 6 or 7 a.m., Yeah, you know. And then, uh, I mean, it, it is it is hard on the body. That was my, my experience oh, yeah. where it was like I felt kind of slow and sluggish and mm – -hmm. All the, and I know teams in the past have gone out there like a full week mm -hmm. to acclimate. Um, Jacksonville, I think, has been obviously over there the most because they go over there yeah. every year. But they do the Thursday to Sunday yeah. thing. Um, I mean, did you feel like – I mean, it's a, it's a great experience. Don't get me it wrong. Is, yeah. It's really, really cool playing at Wembley and, and yeah, playing yeah. in front of like a new fan base that's like a soccer-style environment. Uh -huh where it's loud and crazy and everyone's wearing a different jersey and it's just kind of yeah. weird because there is no, From like, like, different teams. Yeah, there's, like, yeah. no home fan base, but they're just cheering for everything, yeah. especially on the kicks. Yeah, they love the kicking kicks, them. yeah. Especially <laughs> but, uh, in Mexico, we noticed that. Yeah, right, they, awesome. they, yeah. they cheer for the field goals yeah. and kickoffs. But, um, yeah, I mean, your, your thoughts on international play, I mean, obviously they're expanding it. Yeah. So do you think it's just going to – I think it's just going to continue to expand. Yeah. Now they're going to Germany. I feel the same way. I feel like because they're realizing – well, one, that, that fans love – having us travel over there and play yeah um and the other part of, obviously the money side of it of like sure. you know getting teams you know yeah. paying these teams to travel out yeah so obviously there's you know it's the same thing there's got there's got to be a limit at some point on like the wear and tear of, yeah. of having these players travel so much and i don't think that people really think about it you know you turn on your tv on sunday and you see okay they're playing a game in london like that's awesome but yeah. you don't realize that four days leading up to it was a definitely a grind and, and teams I mean, we're definitely, you know, spoiled in the way that we take care of it and yeah. travel yeah. and and um, the food that we get, all that stuff. Uh, but it's definitely just something to consider. You yeah, know, Mexico City is easy because there really is no time change. No, yeah, we, uh, we they did a great job when we were the Patriots because we stayed, we played in Denver. And that's and you stayed there at the elevation. Stayed there the whole week, yeah. and then we went and uh, flew to Mexico yeah. City to play. So yeah. they, uh, and that's at least, that's what I'm thankful for, at least in the scheduling. They usually try to think about those things and, like you're talking about with the Thursday night games, yeah. And, yeah. But um, but no, they did that really well when we went to Mexico City. Yeah. I, I loved playing there. That was, yeah, it's, that was it's cool. cool, man. But it's so you don't realize it when you're there in Mexico City. But it's the highest elevated stadium, I think, in the world. Yeah, I, think, I don't know what the elevation is like ten thousand square or ten thousand feet. Above. I think they were saying it was above Mile High Stadium. Yeah, right? it's, it's so. significantly different. So okay. that's why I think teams will go train or stay in 
in the Colorado. So yeah. like we went to Colorado Springs with the Chargers. We stayed at yeah. Air Force and we practiced there okay. leading up to Mexico City just to acclimate. Yeah. Acclimate. I mean, I don't they say it really doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but I think for the sake of like preparation and mindset, like we're mm-hmm. gonna practice for three days at elevation and then we're gonna go play in elevation. But it's a, a it's a crazy it's a soccer stadium. Yeah. And when I was there, was you, were you in the locker room where you had to walk forever I th- yeah, to get yeah, to the yeah. field? Like, yeah. it was, like, this little grandstand, like, uh-huh. makeshift tunnel that they made from the locker room. And it was, like, you didn't want to go back yeah. during halftime because it was such a trek uphill. Yeah. No, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Big downhill, right? Yes. Yeah. Big downhill and all the way back was awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that. But Mexico City is cool. But, again, that the time change, I think, is it's the same. I think it's the same. At, as, like, mountain time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So there's really not a big difference. But... Jacksonville's playing in London twice this year. They're playing there twice? Yes. No way. Yes. So I think they have a home, or considered a home game there. Okay. Because typically what they do, they vacate a home game. And what they do in Jacksonville is they try to eliminate one of those early September games or October games because it's so hot in Jacksonville during those times. So they want to play in London and consider that one of their home games. It kind of sucks for the fans in Jacksonville because they – they get one less home game mm-hmm. um but for the players and stuff it's it's nice like not having a hundred degree home yeah. game um but they're going over there twice and i think as a visiting team okay which really doesn't matter but it's yeah, yeah. it's like now our our away game is even i think it's against the falcon so it's okay. like a quick trip yeah now turns into a seven hour flight oh yeah to man. london i couldn't imagine yeah twice in one year I, I wonder how far apart those, those well and, and what is interesting too is typically when you go international your bye week falls be- right after right after which is kind of cutting into your bye week too, yeah so now that they're doing two games like well which one do the do you yeah. they get the pick when they get their bye week obviously it's right. already um it's already planned out but it's like the logistically like does it make sense to go over the twice yeah. I feel for their uh, their travel people in yeah. uh, Jacksonville because oh, geez, that's a lot. Man. They have to do so much, and they're grinding on that yeah. just for one trip. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, the late well, nights Jacksonville that they're man. Have. I mean, there's always been speculation that they're going to go over and move over there. That's not going to happen. I don't think so. They just built that new facility. Okay. And, yeah. 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 You know, Shad Khan is like pouring a lot of money into Jacksonville, and, and yeah. Um, but yeah, Jacksonville loves their London games, dude. That's, yeah, I didn't even realize that that they played they it every twice. Year. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna. Yeah, that's a grind. Yeah, man. And I think, well, in the Germany trip for West Coast teams is even. That's even longer. Yeah, that's a long flight from. Like I know Seattle played there last year. Yeah. So obviously they probably played a East Coast game. I think so. Stayed and then flew over to Germany, but still, Mm -hmm. talk about player safety and like recovery and the last thing you want to do inflammation. Yes, jump on an airplane for ten hours. Yeah. Oh, you're dude, gonna, you're not going to recover. And after a game, yeah, it's, is that it's the worst. if you really have something you're dealing with, yeah. like even one time when I had a, a, a bursa sac burst in my knee, oh. and you got to hop on a plane after that, and you just feel it getting even more inflamed, like yeah. in the plane and the pressure, it definitely, uh, no, it doesn't good. help. Not good, It doesn't man. help, but. Yeah, so that's that's a little housekeeping on the NFL front with yeah. the schedule release, man. So, I mean, it was, I think it was kind of overhyped this year because. You know, Aaron Rodgers is now with a new team, and mm-hmm. um, the international schedule is expanding, and all that kind of stuff. And now, multiple Thursday night games. So this year, in particular, I feel like the hype was like everyone was anticipating the schedule release. So oh, we yeah. had to, we had to talk about it. So yeah, definitely. Let's uh, let's finish with this, man. As a as a as a man of faith, man, bold in your walk. How has it been just being open, vulnerable, and just like truly, truly committed um, to just being bold? In the NFL, yeah, when it's like, it's not taboo, but it's it's 
you know, there's places where I've been that we don't have a full-time pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no Bible study. There is no Bible study for girlfriends, spouses, or wives. Yeah. Um, it's just not, you know, it's not a, a priority for that organization. Mm-hmm. And then there's places that I've been to where, you know, if you have a full-time pastoral uh, guy on the on the team and you're always fellowshipping and, and like um, just you could feel like the Holy Spirit just working in the locker room. Um, but as a believer, man, how have you been challenged and yeah. how have you been, um, I don't know, like for me being a disciple on a team is like the greatest honor yeah. and position to be in. Yeah. You know, yeah, football's great and we love to play, but, you know, being the old vet and being a disciple is, is way more important. Yeah. So how have you nav- navigated through your faith with being an NFL? I mean, I think it's been a, a process just like anything else, yeah. like entering and, and we're talking about guys like Matthew Slater yeah. that have had a huge impact on my life. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, getting to be back with my brother, too, after college and having that two years together where I was I was leaving an environment where I, I wouldn't say I walked away from my faith. I, I would never say that. Um, but definitely a time where I was I was kind of living on my own a bit and, and didn't have that check with me constantly. Yeah. Um, and so getting to be back with my brother and somebody that's holding you accountable, because mm-hmm. it's easy when you have cheerleaders around you, right? Like, yeah. I don't mean literally, I mean, you know, people yes. in your life who are, people who are patting uh, you on the back, all the patting time. you on the back and, and just yeah. encourage you like, you're the yeah. man, like, oh no, you're such a great guy. Everybody makes yeah. mistakes, all yeah. those things, but you need people who are going to call you out. Yeah. And, um, or, or really check on you too. Really check on you, yeah. like yeah. genuinely check on you. And so I feel like just, I've, I've felt so loved by the people around me. Yeah in a way that I feel so comfortable in myself and I feel so willing to share my story and the impacts that I've had um, on my life by others, mm-hmm. that that just opens me up to be able to share with other people. And yeah. so it's like I was saying earlier, man, like I, my favorite moments in my career usually just go right back to have, like sitting in the locker room and my my locker mates and talking to them yeah. and having real conversations. and. Yeah. Even I won't say names, but like even this last year, and one of my, one of my teammates, you know, he was having arguments on his on his phone every day, you know, with girlfriend, whatever it is, and he's like, man, I, I, uh, we didn't even know each other. I just mm-hmm. showed up, and he's like, you know, I, I just feel like you're somebody I could talk to. Like, can I can I talk to you about this situation? Yeah. I'm in? And to be able to have conversations like that yeah. that last, and now we're texting and checking in on each other. It's yeah. like, those are the moments that. I'll hold for life. Yeah. You know, that's and that's what motivates you to really live out your faith and and be able to share with guys because everybody's searching for it. Yeah. And you can either choose to be the vessel that's that's sharing yeah. with other people or not, you know. And so I mean Esther, you know, that was her story. She chose to to walk faithfully and, and do the hard thing. And uh, in return, you know, she was able to to be the vessel that that furthered the kingdom. That's awesome, man. And uh I mean I feel like, you know, we you know, we get the we get the prayer at the fifty yard line after games, and like that's something I always look forward to, mm-hmm. is that like sixty seconds of like just fellowshipping with the other team and yeah. like seeing, you know, former teammates and buddies yeah. of yours, you know, and, and a time just to hug somebody and yeah. say I love you, man. How's everything? Good, good yeah. game. See you later, kind of thing. And but, but honoring the Lord in the in the moment, yeah. you know, victory or defeat, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, those fellowship times where it's Bible study or the chapel before the games, like, man, those are like some of the best intimate settings that we can do. And, and John Fossil, AKA Bones, our special teams coordinator in, in, um, Dallas was, I mean, he didn't lead a chapel by any means or a Bible study, but he did a, like a quote unquote fellowship Mm -hmm. every Saturday night 
we'd have root beer floats and yeah. like we'd play poker or like we do we you know pop a shot we mm -hmm. would do like all these little fun games just to break the ice have fun but we would yeah. talk about life man talk yeah. about like dude guys are going through divorces guys are mm -hmm. struggling being parents and you know you know struggling in relationships and guys just come in there and just now she just like get vulnerable and it's all because of his leadership and like but those yeah. are the moments that you just like you love about yeah. athletics Definitely. you know those moments where you can just like really like hey forget about the stress of the game tomorrow let's talk about yeah. life and it means just like it's beautiful yeah you know so be to to be in this position as as a disciple and to be called to lead like spiritually in the locker room i mean because every locker room needs mm -hmm. that light definitely yeah. because you got a melting pot of you know 60 70 guys at one time that you know a lot of guys are dealing with stuff or mm -hmm. coming from stuff or non-believers but there's a lot of you know curiosity too and it's yeah. like if i can just posture myself in a way and lead in a way where you know maybe i have to invite that dude seven times before he comes to his first bible study but mm -hmm over time just little you know planting those little seeds of encouragement yeah. you know whether it's having your just your bible present in your locker room or just the way you carry yourself like i said your brother like mm -hmm. i see him in his bible every morning yeah that's what led to me to like Definitely. hey I, I know that's my brother in christ right there yeah yeah you know and i feel that's kind of where now guys can get comfortable to open up like you shared like mm -hmm. maybe just by the way you're carried yourself in the locker room every day and postured yourself like that guy felt comfortable opening yeah. up to you when you guys didn't even know each other. Yeah, for sure. And that's the beautiful thing about sports is like we get to interact and 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 hang around people that we, we would never have an opportunity yeah. to meet if it wasn't Definitely. for for football. Definitely. That's you one know? of my favorite parts about it. Yeah. Honestly. I, I tell that, you know, you're meeting guys and I go back to junior college. Like, yeah. There's guys that I never would have met probably my whole life. Yeah. And we were brought together and, and I mean me and Cody were you know, we're going from a predominantly white neighborhood in, in uh, Bend, Oregon. And then all of a sudden we're in a place where we're one of three white guys on a team. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that because yeah. it just opened my eyes to honestly just how amazing the majority of the guys that I've been around in, in football in general, how amazing those guys' hearts have been. Yeah. Where it's like you're saying the curiosity mm -hmm. and like everybody wants to be better that yeah. I've been around. And so they're looking for somebody to to give them a hint at it or or to teach them or or help them out. Yep. And there was guys, you know, even in JUCO that would come to me and Cody's dorm room to talk sometimes and, and hang out. And and I feel like it just transfers over to to being in the pros. Like yep. create a space that's comfortable comfortable for guys to come in and and just be open and honest and be able to share real stuff. And I feel like in return, you know, there's there's only going to be glory coming out of that. Absolutely, man. Nah, just keep leading, man. Is there is there any advice you you would give to a young player entering the NFL now, who is maybe not necessarily strong in their faith? Maybe they're just kind of on the roller coaster of that walk, or someone who's really strong, but they're now they're entering into this world of like temptation. Mm -hmm. You got a little money in your pocket. You have more access to things. People want to be around you. You're being pulled in every direction. Um, I mean, it's just like sim as simple as somebody reaching out to you on Instagram. Yeah, I mean we've all ha handled those temptations in different ways and we've all been in those environments where like, you know, sometimes we fall into it and yeah. sometimes we know like, Hey, that's not for me. For sure. Um, because we know like the circumstance and, and the direction I can go is not down the path that I need to be on. Yeah. Um, what, what encouragement or advice would you give to, to those young guys entering this year? I really, I think I'd say, you know, you can either choose to learn from the people who came before you yeah. and went through it or you can choose to learn for yourself mm -hmm. in the way that you can either talk to the guys like me 
like Matt, these other guys who who have gone through it and and some of them who have fallen into that at times, which I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you that it's it's all empty. Yeah. And you know, chasing after all the money. Uh, the reason I play football isn't for the money. Like yeah. I, I love, if that was the case, I, you know, I could have been done when I had enough to just, you know, possibly not work again, who knows. Yeah. But, but all that stuff is, is such a lie in the way that it's, it's just emptiness and you're chasing the wind with it. And so you can either learn to believe that and, um, and, you know, have that have an impact on you now, or you can choose to, to keep going down that path and learn for yourself uh, but either way, just be willing to learn, learn from the guys around you and, and really just the guys that have gone through it to encourage you that, that this isn't the way, like take this way. I promise you it's, it's more fulfilling and, For sure. and it's uh, much more fulfilling in life in general. That's great, man. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that yeah. with us, man. And one last thing, dude. So I've yeah. been I've been collecting sports cards now for a little while. Okay, I didn't right? know that. Yeah, That's dude. Awesome. And so, like, I, one of my I mean, I, I I my favorite players that I collect, you know, that are big time guys, you know, whether it's in baseball, football, or basketball. But I also collect my boys, yeah. and teammates. Okay. And dude, I scrounged the internet. Like I was yeah. scavenging through eBay and all kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And dude, I found some Jacob Hollister cards. No yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. So the first one I got. And this is your. This is actually um, out of op- Optic Contenders. Okay. What, what year is this? So you're 2017 Contenders football. And this okay. is your rookie ticket. Heck yeah. Um, do you remember signing this? I'm gonna sh- show this to the the camera. Okay. So this is Jacob Hollister's uh, rookie auto out of uh, Panini Contenders football 2017. Heck yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember signing these? I remember signing it because. Like we talked about, uh, like is that is that? Can you authenticate that oh, for yeah. me right now? That's me. That's you. I All remember right. sitting there next to Cody signing these at the di- little dinner table we had about this size. Really? And I was signing this because I think they paid me like a thousand bucks to sign, you know, like a thousand cards or something. Yeah. And I was like, heck yeah, dude! Yeah. Like I was so pumped. So, so did your brother sign any for you? <laughs> no, he didn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is me. Yeah. But that's man, that's wild. Isn't that cool? So I found that on yeah, eBay. That's amazing. And then I found this other one from Seattle. This is a um this is a score gold. So it's out oh, of like yeah. it's out of fifty. Okay, so forty eight. Yeah. That's your jersey number too, I think. Right? Yeah, forty eight, yeah. So in, in the in the card world, so this card is numbered to fifty. Okay. But it's forty eight out of fifty, so it's a jersey match. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So uh yeah, this this is a score gold yeah. uh, jersey match. I remember that play specifically. Actually, it's, and it's uh, I believe this is 2019 because it's the um, you got the yeah. 100 year anniversary logo yeah. on the jersey, but yeah, you got uh, looks like you're against Falcons, looks like the Falcons. Yeah, you remember yeah. that play? I remember that play. It was a little sit route over the middle, and yeah. I, knew, I knew he was about to smack me, so like I'm going like this, and and he just smacks me right after that. I held on to it though, that's crazy. So, like, yeah. it's really cool for me to collect these cards because. I mean, just support my boys and like yeah. guys I've I played with. But the fact that you can remember that play is pretty yeah, cool. So like, there's sure. I don't have any personal cards of myself, but like when I have a, a Vin, at a Vinatieri card, like sometimes I can like remember that kick yeah, or yeah. Pat McAfee. I can remember that punt yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So that's cool, man. So yeah, no. I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, that's man. a little bit of my collection, my little no, Jacob Holzer collection. I you love know? it, man. Yeah, so shout sure. out, man. They got the sure. rookie card, got the gold. Heck yeah. So whatever other team you land on this year, man, I'm gonna. I'm yeah, for that one too, man. No doubt. So, no, thanks for your time, man. And uh I appreciate it and and I really hope that you and I well first I hope you get signed sooner than later. For sure. But 
the you fact too. that we have more time together uh, potentially here in Nashville and yeah. whether it's training or fellowshipping or mm. dude, you have me over for one of your bomb dinners. I of mean, course. I'm I'm excited for for the future for you and your yeah. brother. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a it's a cool. It's only another part of the story, man. It is, man. So you you and your brother, I mean, the no quit bros, like. Yeah. You guys are inspiring. You keep leading just by the way on you love people, how you carry yourselves, how you you train, and mm-hmm. you just are always optimistic. Yeah. And I feel like no no matter what, you guys are going to succeed, whether it's on the field or off. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what God has in plan for you guys. Thanks for just, again, just like boldly walking in your faith too. Yeah. You know? I appreciate um, you, man. You're an encouragement to us. In even this. though we always fall and stumble, but you're just always, always there to pick each other up or pick yeah. somebody else up. And, and, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's so cool. So I hope we get to spend more time together, man, yeah, for real. 100%, me too. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, last little tidbit, mm-hmm. you and your brother love music. Yeah. You love playing the guitar. Uh-huh. You guys have been, I mean, working on, like, your skills on the guitar. And yeah. I know, does Cody play piano a little bit too? He does, yeah. We've been, uh, yeah, he's been working on piano. He has a piano at his house. So he's working on that a little bit. But you guys are like on... singing now more a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we both sing and. I mean, what? I mean, dude, are you guys gonna like record an album? Like for real? Like no, seriously. for real. Like that's yeah, that's something that me and Cody want to pursue. Yeah. So especially the songwriting aspect, I think. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that and the way that you're using a completely different part of your brain. Yeah. And so once I discovered that, you know, Cody, thankful to Cody. Yeah. He started playing before I did, and uh, ignited that passion in me, and so once I discovered that, it's like, oh man, I gotta. I got to share this because, I mean, what's so impactful about music is sharing a story yeah. that, that people can relate to. And they're yeah. like, oh, man, that, that sounds like something I've gone through. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, 100% something that we want to, you know, pursue and, and write songs, sing them, perform, whatever well, it is. Well, you're, you're, you're probably in the, the best seat to be in if you want to pursue that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And do you know who Waylon Jennings is? I don't know. So he's, he's I mean iconic in the country music so he's one of the old outlaws oh so look okay. him up waylon jennings but okay, anyway yeah. this is his old studio oh no way yeah dude so that's if, amazing if you ever want if you ever want to come in get some studio time you and yeah. your bro just record some stuff dude, yeah. come in here man yeah for sure, check out man. the hideout shout oh. out hideout yeah but thank you bro god bless you man yeah. um love you dude for real love you and your yeah. brother so much i i cherish your guys's friendship yeah, um, love you too, man. And I'm excited for for another season, but uh, excited to kind of see where God takes you guys. So. No doubt, man. Thanks yeah, for the time, too. man. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, you bet. Yep.